0: Hello and welcome to the Movies in a Podshell podcast. The podcast which takes two films and couples them together with uh, some kind of theme. Um, this week's theme, we're looking at women in horror. We don't have any women for the show, but we tried really hard and we have reached out. So we've got some fantastic um, comments um, loads of stuff like that. Anyway, as per usual, I'm joined, as always, by Javier Sotomayor. But you guys can call him Johnny. That reference is completely lost to me. What is that about? Is that to do with Jennifer's body or the descent? It's to do with neither. Javier uh. Sotomayor is a Canadian high jumper, I believe. Um, and he holds the world record for the, the, the highest high jump. Which um, is obviously something that I aspire to do. Well, so I was <laughs> thinking, I think you may actually, off the record, own that record now. Um after when we watched the descent together and oh. that first that first jump scare, your ass left the floor, <laughs> and it was glorious i we'll we'll get into it when we talk about the descent, but
1: as as we said before we started doing these, I'm so bad with horror films, and I think Jamie thought I was maybe exaggerating how bad I was with them, and then now he's actually watched one with me. I think he understands i the kind of horror films I've enjoyed that so far were like. The fly's pretty mild, really, it's more body horror. It wasn't it wasn't, you know the thing again, it's more like alien body horror. I'm o I'm okay with that. It wasn't too jump scary, there were a few, but not not really. And then the descent was just literally relentless grimness from the off, horrible imagery, etc. by the way, I did actually like the film, weirdly. It traumatized me, but I I did actually like it. It's one of those like on me. The time passed. And I was thinking about it, which I, is always a good thing if you're thinking about it. Anyway, so yeah, Jamie, yeah, I was jumping very very high. I was sat in a corner of a room. That is actually true as well. Uh, and
0: what was I doing? I had I had a pillow and I had some Maltesers to appease myself. So you did, you did, bless you. And <laughs> do you know what? Like it was. I, and I, part of me felt bad, but it, it was it was really. <laughs> quite entertaining um i'm gonna be honest i I didn't quite realize just how scared you would get and even with even with friends even with your maltesers yeah you jumped and swore at the projector several times multiple times yeah and and to be fair um uh,
1: so we also watched it with uh, a fellow listener of the pod peter And uh, he said, do you jump like this when you watch Alien? Yes. Yes, I still do. I know where the scares are coming, but I still jump, which annoys me. But not as much. The descent, let's be honest, I was going into it fresh. I had no idea what was coming. So that did really make me jump. Uh, But I felt like the jumps were earned. But we will get into that when we get in. We're rushing ahead.
0: We are. And so, as always, we begin the show with John what have you been watching absolutely nothing so let's just go straight to you my friends the the i can
1: tell you what i've watched I've, I've finished atypical season three yes i'm a record on repeat it's
0: really, i started it what series series three i started series three. Oh, uh, cool yeah I, i'm
1: still really enjoying it there's one more left and i've got that bittersweet kind of want to kind of finish it but also don't want it to end uh and yeah the, honestly i've been i've been bad jamie How about you? Actually, no, that was on the last part. I saw Bond. Yeah, nothing since then. Paul. Well,
0: well, since then, I mean, I, yeah, since then I watched, I have watched a few, uh, not loads, um, but a few. Um, Did I mention last time, I don't think I did, about a film called Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker?
1: I feel like I've heard the title, but I don't know if that's because you said it on
0: WhatsApp. Okay, we're going to skip that then because, I remember the microwave one just watch it fantastic butcher baker nightmare maker oh I did last on the pod so ignore 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 go back and listen to the last pod if you haven't already I did watch no time to die okay
1: we're gonna tread carefully no spoilers no spoilers whatsoever
0: I liked it a lot I liked it a lot
1: I would say and now you've seen it let's see if you agree with me second favourite
0: Daniel Craig film after Casino Royale I haven't seen Quantum of Solace in so long, and I have such fond memories of it. You like Quantum of Solace? You watched it? I swear we've messed about it fairly recently. But I'm I'm pretty—I'm an apologist for Quantum of Solace. It's it's your—it's like—it's my Mission Impossible two. Okay, my thing with Quantum of Solace is I
1: think the film is really, really good as a part two to Casino Royale, but as a standalone film, it just doesn't work. I think that's a fair, fair thing, but. I remember messaging you, uh, it was this time last year, I think, and I was going back through the Daniel Craig Bonds, and I watched Casino Royale and then Quantum immediately afterwards. I think if you watch them that way, it's brilliant. If you just watch it as a one off Bond film, it doesn't stand up that well for me personally. However, yeah. I, I, do, I do. Hmm am I going to go on the record saying that in some respects
0: I prefer it to Skyfall which is probably the, the, the maddest thing in the world but I tell you I don't, what no, I don't think it is I think a lot, a lot of people are, I've seen a lot of people say it's their favourite Daniel Craig um, for me I think that I think I, I've had my fill now and now so you were saying what you wanted to see you wanted yeah. to see um, post-World War 2 um, yeah, Bond.
1: like the original books, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, so I have decided what I would like to see now. Okay. And that is, I want to see a younger Bond. So I want to see a, the youngest Bond we've ever seen. Hmm. I don't mean Taron Egerton young, uh, but I mean like someone in their early thirties maybe. Okay. And I want to see um, Bond at the start of his career, naive, making mistakes. I, I, that's what yeah. I want to see. But I'd really like to see that. It would just be something a bit different.
1: It's hard though, because that's that's what Casino Royale is and was really i mean bond in that is probably supposed to be around 30 oh well mm, he's older but i tell you what i i read a book uh one of the bond novels fairly recently excuse me and it was the bond was like an afghanistan war veteran who came back from military service and then got into the double o program and it's like a different way of introducing it i think something like that would be quite a cool idea because it would be
0: veteran Bond. bond
1: Yeah, but like a different a different play on it, rather than him being
0: because you know he's always Commander Bond from the Navy and, and yeah, well. and he could he could have like um he could have proper Vietnam post war, um yeah. yeah, there's all sorts
1: you do. The only thing I did think the other day because I, I know I always bang on say I want my period of peace Bond. I just thought actually, a lot of the funding of the Bond films comes from the commercial deals. So actually, are they really going to get rid of the Sony Vaio laptop and?
0: the do you know what i mean like the phones and all that stuff yeah well he had a nokia which is the weirdest thing the weirdest thing ever this is no i know this is this is a big spoiler guys for no time tonight but he does have a nokia phone and i just thought that was the weirdest (laughs) thing ever because i'm like no one has a nokia and all of a sudden he became way less cool because he's rocking a nokia now had it been a nokia 3310 then I'm interested because those were the phone to have but if you remember everyone kicked off in Skyfall because there was a very brief scene where
1: he's drinking a Heineken but it's really like made clear product placement wise and was like yeah. Bond doesn't drink beer and he doesn't drink Heineken and it's like well maybe he does and then the next, time, by the way, I I wasn't one of those people who complained. I just don't really care. And I always joke when I have a Heineken now. I was like, oh, I'm having Bond's beer. Yeah, yeah, living the dream. But, um, <laughs> but what was funny was as a bit of a middle finger to fans who complained about it in Skyfall, Inspector. There's a scene where they find a secret room, and they find it because the beer leaks down on the floor. So it was literally just like we know this won't well it the first time, so we're going to do it the second time as well. I love I love stuff and like that. And in this film, it did the same thing again. Like they're in the night club and he's
0: very clear it's like heineken advert baby this mm. is the time well well here's a little fun fact for you and maybe you know already john but for our listeners mm-hmm. do you know why he has his vodka martini shaken not stirred do you know why uh let's play along no jamie i don't tell me why so someone i had someone on um a different podcast the other day say that oh the reason he has it is because actually he's not he's not a proper drinker like he's he's not really like a big drinker and he doesn't realize that he's supposed to have it um stirred blah 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 and i'm like no 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 the reason why bond has his vodka martini shaken not stirred is because he um it's it's shaking with ice because the ice dilutes the alcohol just so the in case when he, there's any poison in there n- well, no <laughs> it's actually so he can stay sharp okay so if he's drinking like yeah he's drinking like I guess less less okay. alcohol and he's but he's looking like he's drinking alcohol. That's the reason why he has it shaken not stirred so he can stay sharp. I love the fact as well
1: in uh in Casino Royale when they do the whole explanation of that drink and it's like how it's made and then he names it after Vesper.
0: I love Casino Does Royale. Does it look like I give a damn? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hated that at the time. No, I hated I love that at that. the time. Did oh you?
1: i've got so much time for that
0: film but anyway shaking on shaking on shaking or can, can we all Does it just look like i give a damn all right anyway
1: sorry no but can, right. can we agree though that daniel craig bond has he's served us very well i mean not all oh, the God, films yeah. have been great but even the ones that people go oh that was rubbish they really oh classic jamie the ambulance sirens are back down no police <laughs> or police uh no i was just gonna say he if you look at the run of films, I think Daniel Craig has one of the strongest contenders of like good body of films. Cause even the ones that people say, Oh, that one was rubbish. They're not rubbish. Like it, it might not be to your liking, but it's nowhere near in the
0: bonds, worst bond films at so, all. Yeah. One thing I did say is that like, regardless of whether he's your favorite bond or not, he's the best actor that's ever played bond in terms of his act and ability. He is the best actor. His, the way he displays emotion, that kind of thing. Like, I, I just think he's, he's the best actor.
1: I would say one thing that, um, Kate, uh, Carrie Films, uh, watched License to Kill recently. She talks about the vulnerability of Bond. And I think Timothy Dalton was kind of the first person. I, I think Connery had it in From Russia with Love and Doctor No, and then it became kind of a superhero. Bond kind of became like about the gadgets and the spectacle. Yeah. But with Timothy Dalton, he played it like the book, which was quite serious and he was quite wounded. And, he made mistakes and and he was the first one really trying to get the gritty Bond in. Yeah. But it was kind of ahead of its time. No one really wanted that at that time because they were so used to Roger Moore traipsing about and having a bit of a laugh and a joke and a wink wink to the audience. So it was a bit of a culture shock to then see someone taking on drug cartels and throwing them into grinding machines, etc. So, yeah.
0: anyway. I, I mean, I love how our women in horror as just digress to so James Bond. How sorry. ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Um, so I then watched uh, Bo Burnham's Inside on Netflix for the third time um, since it's been released. Okay, it's, have you seen it yet? No, it's absolutely. You know how much of a music fan I am. Like he's he's a genius. Like it's fantastic. You should watch it. It's, it's so so clever what he does. He's basically it's him in lockdown. He's made a full um, like Netflix special uh, in lockdown, and it's all music and stuff. And he's he's incredible. Like he's, he's it's really satirical. Like it's a play on sort of politics and that kind of thing he's great and um, then i watched i know what you did last summer for the first ever time okay enjoy um, it so you know who stars in that john no okay your favorite uh sarah michelle geller uh, um so sarah michelle geller's in that uh, jennifer love hewitt's in that ryan philippe and freddie prince jr maybe they met on uh, set maybe and they did scooby-doo together as well which is also yeah it was a total a- total five out of ten total five oh, out of ten okay the the characters are making ridiculous decisions throughout. I did enjoy it. It is five out of ten. I, I enjoyed it though. Um, it wasn't a good film. Like the film isn't good. Sorry. Speaking of things that I've seen,
1: I know we always do the little bit where John hasn't watched any films and he thinks of something he's watched. Have you yeah. seen the trailer yet for the new Scream film? No, I don't watch trailers, do I? Oh uh, but, but I did. About but it. I'm excited for I did watch the Matrix trailer. Okay, I'm excited for the new Scream film.
0: But good, because anyway. it's brilliant. Like, I, they've yeah, got. we need the, to watch two and three, but three's not very the really good. They've got all the old gang back.
1: I know those. Do you know what? Those I would watch with you. I'm probably not jump
0: as much. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah we should do that. Two's good. Two's really good, and four's okay, and three's not good. Um, I then actually, from a friend of the show, Kim Cinema Escape, she um, directed me to a film called Bliss, which was a it's a, a small independent film by Joe Begos, who actually did another film called vfw which is i preferred this much more actually bliss is brilliant and um dora madison who is the main that like the main actor um is fantastic it's basically just about a drug um that she starts taking she's a really dislikable character um and the drug sends her crazy and she's an artist and she's trying to complete this piece of art and it's just it's you'd probably hate it but it's it's insane and the body horror is insane it's really good
1: is it like a sophisticated version of limitless the bradley cooper film when he took the tablet
0: and he was like i'm now clever enough to be a millionaire it's actually more like an intellectual sci-fi oh yeah that's right (laughs) on my street that's exactly what i'm talking about no i'm joking it wasn't at all it was uh, it's just a proper mind trip like psychedelic crazy weird visual film it's good though it's really good okay um and then lastly i watched um a film called intruder um by scott spiegel who did i think he did one of the hostile films uh it was all right like just standard slash affair. um mm. in a all set in one place supermarket um yeah, it it wasn't very good.
1: Will you be going to see Halloween Kills? Because I've oh. seen the reviews. I, yeah, I've seen I the mean, reviews. Look, no, one, I'm not going to waste this my this is a man who has no interest realistically in the Halloween series. I've not watched any no. of them, so
0: I'm um, not going to waste my time. Um, yeah. but I'm also one of those people that really like the Rob Zombie Halloween remake. Um, I love that, and everyone hates it. So. That's the one that got forgotten about in the previous film, right? Because they just did a sequel directly yeah. to the first yeah, one, yeah, and yeah, then, Right, yeah. Okay. Halloween, uh, Halloween by Rob Zombie, I think is. Great, um but a lot of people hate it. And at this point now, they, they, there was there's talk about um Michael Myers and Halloween Kills that he's he's basically a superhero. Yeah, I, which, I,
1: I think yeah. that's a problem with all those things, though. It's just like you can't get rid of the IP, so it keeps going around And you could probably say the same thing for Scream. Yeah, because in the trade of for Scream, like you know, how many times can you go with that same thing? It's a bit like Alien. Like, I love Alien, but how many times are you gonna whack it out of the airlock?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you know, yeah like <laughs> essentially it's just like you know, <laughs> all right then exactly um, but there we are there we are and so I guess on to the main part of the show um this week this week's pairing um well, the first film we looked at uh, we actually watched together yep. um was the descent Neil Marshall's the descent from 2005 just... hey. give me a smile Juno, are you sure we're going the right way? I've never been lost
1: in my life. (laughs) There's only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe.
0: I'm stuck. I can't breathe. Sarah, you have to calm down. I'm coming. I'm coming back. Okay? Okay. John I watched the film with you um, it didn't seem like you liked it you spoke briefly about it at the beginning but what like for a person that isn't a fan of horror oh God. and we've got a question about this later that an, another person wrote in that isn't a fan of horror I'm going to recommend them some films for a person that isn't a fan of horror John what was your what was your feeling towards it um
1: so hard i i let me do what I always do, is say things I like about it and things I don't like. Or, uh, no, this is the easiest way of doing it. With horror, the things I don't like is being put out of my comfort zone, which kind of rules out horror in general, right? Because yeah. I don't like the anticipation to the scare. Once I saw, jumping ahead all over the shop as always when we do this now, when I saw what the actual creature was I were running from, I wasn't actually that bothered, because once you'd established, oh, that's what it is, my brain's like, that's okay, right? Yeah. But... Uh, this film has elements of psychological horror. It also has, like, the kind of gruesome bone... What do, what do you call that? Well, it's body horror, but, like, you know... Bo- the bone protruding. Oh, yeah, and... Is that what you meant? Yeah, but what I'm talking yeah. about, it's kind of, like, it's got physical... Like, different levels of horror, right? There's, like, the stuff that's in your mind, you've got the stuff that's actually, like, physically happening to you, and then you've got a monster. So you've got three levels of different things going on. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, it's a very jump-scary film. And, like, Kim had, Kim messaged Jamie before we even watched it saying... He, did she basically say Johnny's going to be broken or something? John's going to poo himself. <laughs> ha,
0: ha, ha. So, I mean, not quite. But, uh, not far. And I don't defo, know. Defo, was that shepherd's pie in my pants? I
1: would <laughs> I would say it's definitely the scariest thing I've ever watched. I, I'd probably, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. What the hell? I, I, no, honestly, um, there were so many bits where the atmosphere was just relentless from the off so yeah just it just let's briefly go into it. say i find it really hard to do it without it's not doing play by play but like the intro of the film sets it up and they're white water rafting and you're instantly like okay dangerous dangerous outdoor activity or fine yeah. but even the cinematography at that point is quite a cloudy day as if something's get, like coming doesn't yeah. feel right and even when they first crash down in the water I kind of said to you, "Oh, we're already getting into the cave bit. Bloody hell, that was quick!" And then you were like, yeah. "No, no, no." And then the husband, um, the, cha- the main characters, the uh, main characters' husband and daughter are there watching, and she's having a great time. Her name is. I'm scrolling up. Oh, it's Sarah? Sorry, Sarah's the lead character, yeah. right? So. Then they're driving away, and the husband is being really moody with her in the car, isn't he? Like, just not speaking to her. We're not yeah, really sure been, what's going really on. Yeah, he's being really off with her, isn't he? Yeah, the only male character in the film, by the way. Kid in the car. That I remember. Well. Yeah. Yeah, there's and only then, one male
0: character in the whole entire film.
1: And then all of a sudden, uh, there is a horrendous car crash, which absolutely <laughs> set me off. That was the first... won't repeat yeah. what I said, but that was the
0: first... Uh... Final, final destination, wasn't it? <sighs> yeah, yeah. But pull through the windshield, y- which is horrible. And game over.
1: Then you cut to this really eerie blacked out like dream. It looks like a dream, which sounds stupid out of context, but it's a blacked out space where there's can. Uh, the only way that this child is lit was through candles. And it's obviously her daughter with a birthday cake and it has candles on it. And then yeah. I was going mad because when Jamie posted on the Instagram, we were watching it. I put the disc in, the Blu-ray disc in. Even though it was on Netflix, I still had to buy the Blu-ray because even if I was watching a horror, I had to watch it in the highest possible quality to scare myself to death with. And the menu <laughs> was just someone going... Wait, this is the most... This is the <laughs> snobbiest podcast you'll listen to. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And then, and then literally, the menu was just like... <laughs> And I just went, Jamie, I can't I'm not sitting in there till we're clicking play. It's breathing. I, I, it's I, breathing. I was like, it's breathing. I'm not sitting in there. Like we were having pizzas and stuff, and I said, Until we've got the pizzas sat down together, I'm not not dealing with that. That is too much for me. You were just like you're not going to cope well from here if that's already causing you. And an that, issue. and you know what? That it, set it the was tone. Way, yeah, it's
0: way scarier than I remembered it being as well. So and, like um, I, and I do apologize I feel like I'm always apologising. No, no no, 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 don't, don't. don't, don't I, look, look. It definitely was scarier than I remembered. Look, like, but it's a good film. Yeah. It, it, should, should I be, quickly go through the synopsis? Yeah. Sorry. Maybe go through the synopsis and then we can talk about more detail with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's an accident that we spoke about. Tragic accident. Woman loses her wife and kid. Uh, woman loses her husband and uh like daughter yep. and then what happens is like it kind of fast forwards um you can tell she's had a rough time and then six of them uh all female friends uh reunite for like a cave-in expedition kind of thing um and you can kind of tell happened... at this point like they've got a
1: fractured relationship because like Definitely. she's obviously broken from the incident that's happened
0: sorry yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah sarah's really struggling um and then um they go on an adventure and what happens is you see um one of the friends who's leading the cave in um expedition her name's juno she actually puts the map the cave map she puts it back in the glove box and you're like oh i wonder why she's doing that you don't really know and also
1: because we find out later in the film that um they're not going for one that's on a map They've, they're like, finding a new one. They're trailblazers yeah. because they're trying to hold on to their youth is what the director was talking about. Like they want to still feel young and like Sarah's instant has made her feel older and obviously she's lost her family so she's starting again yeah. and these friends aren't getting on and then they're like, oh, we just, the, the night before there's that scene in the cabin where they're like, we just want more adventure and like to
0: feel yeah, like. Yeah, and that, you know. that's, yeah, and that scene's really good.
1: Yeah, and again, it's good. Um, there's, it's very subtle dialogue. It reminded me of the first Alien film where it's not, doesn't feel scripted. It felt natural. They were just kind of talking rather than yeah,
0: uh, acting. But anyway, sorry. Carry on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So basically, they they go into this cave. Um. And uh, the cave collapses and they're trapped. And so they've got to find their way out. And little do they know there is some creatures down below. Which what we can we can basically say that they are they were human at one point and they've evolved into. And um, blind, per- machines. Basic, yeah, perfect killer machines for down for down in the caves. Um, so they're trying to just escape um, without these creatures killing them. But they also um, and, establish and- in the film, to be fair, that they they do go up to the surface. Don't they? They say they lure people down. Yeah, well, they do their hunting. They do their hunting up and up on the surface. And I and I guess like, so one of the first takeaways I had from this this film was that mm-hmm. like, it, this is there's one man in the film and. The horror that all, most of the horror that i'm i guess i grew up on were like slashers um and it generally just it, it's quite exploitative like yeah. um towards women so it's either like violence against women or it's um like rape revenge um yeah. women always take the same role like uh, damsel in distress and you, you have a man who's generally the psychopath um the one that wants to go and kill women um, and and and, and always 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 it's very very often you'll see um naked women like that that yeah. is that is a staple of, of that of that kind of thing there will always be naked women boobs bum the whole lot every single time that Which is exploitful the formula. genre or was yeah. an yeah exactly genre. it was uh yeah it's definitely way way better now so the one thing I and I and I, the reason why I chose the descent was because when I did media studies years ago um, I actually did um, one of my papers on um, the portrayal of women in horror films and I, I compared uh, past horror films and stuff to like more modern stuff so like uh, to, to more empowering um, female characters like Ripley which, was, which was, who we'll speak about later obviously Buffy and then I looked yeah. at the film The Descent The Descent directed by a man is actually like really well done like because these women aren't exploited they're, they're just they're just powerful characters and they're they show every single one of them that they're all fleshed out like and it's just it's it's a great I, I think it's a really good example and a great portrayal of um of a difference in the genre
1: yeah and then this i'm going to be honest it's really hard for me to like i know the topic of the pod this week is uh, women in horror it's a really hard one for me to cover because i'm very limited with the horror films i've seen yeah so the ones i've seen we always talk about alien series I always classify Buffy and X-Files. You might not agree or disagree. They're really (laughs) horror. That's fine. Uh, And then also... um, The other... I'm trying to think what other films I'm even trying to go across here. But my point is, I've watched the films which were starting... Or series where they were starting to change that dynamic. I've always... I've spoken about previously on the pod. Might have been when we did Promising Young, Young Woman or... I can't remember. But I was brought up with strong female characters through James Cameron films like Terminator 2 or through Aliens. Yeah. Um, so I've n- not watched enough of the horror films where these tropes were set. I learnt more about them through watching Scream, where in Scream they yeah. reference them and talk about them. Than they actually, parody like, it almost. Yeah, rather than I myself actually witnessing them. But what yeah. I do think is a good thing for the second film we talk about is it seems to me... I'm not an expert, and I'm not going to pretend to be, but there do seem to be more female female directors making horror films to change that so it's not from the male gaze, right? And we've talked about the male gaze before, haven't we? On the yeah, part. it's done to
0: death, like, it is, like, yeah, yeah. In, in that sense. Um, and no, also, no.
1: we'll also talk about how, even if it is directed, uh, these films are directed by females, how they can still be marketed
0: horrendously because yeah, of the male because game, of men in control
1: which we will get into
0: yeah on the second I've got, film do you know what I've, I've got some um really interesting uh insight um I, so i will i'll talk about it later but i've been reading a book like to prepare for the podcast because yeah. because i knew we weren't it, it was really difficult to i reached out to so many people and um, to try and get um a female guest on because i didn't want it to be boys club talking about women um but do you know what here we are and we have we have our platform and and we'll do our best we'll we'll always do our best and if and if we get it slightly wrong like let us know um but i was reading a book uh it's quite a famous book men women in chainsaws by carol j clover um and she actually coined the term final girl and um, we'll talk about what a final girl is uh, later on yeah um so yeah right let's get into this me banging around sorry about that can we talk about the caves so first things first the cinematography in this film is gorgeous isn't it
1: Neil which Marshall. I feel like I say a lot, but it, it's true. You do. One, you can tell it's shot on film from the off. We watched it. The transfer's great, wasn't it? You get that lovely film grain. It Got that grainy, yeah. Great. But all the shots, essentially, uh, in the caves look to me like they look like they were shot on location or studio, which we didn't insane, find out afterwards. It? And it's insane. But they were saying it's because to shoot the film, it would have been so dangerous to actually try and film it in God, the caves. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense in hindsight thinking about it but it gave them ultimate control with the lighting what i really like about the film what the director does is he mixes up the way you see the environment so they have like led tube lights i think um there's like the green neony lights they have i don't really know the professional name for them so apologies in advance they also have flares and when they use the flares, it looks like hell down there, which is kind of the point, but it's really grim. That, you know, that red light.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, absolutely,
1: yeah. Uh, and then they also have flashlights, but they also have a camera, which they take down into the cave to document their trip, which has like a nighttime mode. And that's the one of the bits that really messed me up was the first time we see one of the creatures through the nighttime camera, because you're not expecting the jump scare hands and down
0: scariest part of the film and and yeah. that like that is the scariest part of the film and I was waiting you for knew that it was bit, coming because I well. knew it was coming and I was I, I kept one eye on you and that is when I decided this year this this week you were going to be Javier because <laughs> yeah. you I jumped out of your skin and i was like I, I was i was, I just i obviously burst out laughing but at the yeah. same time i felt like slightly bad but you jumped out of your skin at that peak and everyone does don't feel bad because everyone do does you know, do you know what though when
1: when we've been to cinema for years together i've always had a very visceral reaction to films like i yeah. can't remember what film it was but i'm the kind of person that gets excited cinema starts rocking back as a force during an action scene Bit getting a bit too into it right i mean i can't control what... the movie no i mean to be fair it wasn't much better i think the one i'm talking about was x-men first class the first flying scene i was like this is amazing <laughs> anyway um, <laughs> i i am i don't know like i always say my love of the first two star wars films because you feel like you're emotion flying and like part of me just really i don't know what it is i just love film so i get super super engrossed and that's, I think, yeah. probably part of the problem with the horror films because I don't get the disconnect. So when I'm <laughs> watching <laughs> yeah. it, I'm jumping. I'm properly jumping. Anyway, um, interest, a few interesting tidbits I saw that the crawlers were designed to resemble Nosferatu, which makes sense. They absolutely do. They uh, absolutely do. Pete said he thought they looked like Gollum. I get that. <laughs> I get that. My I, I mean, or oh, if they spoke, it would probably wouldn't be as... Is creepy no, I, but I'm yeah glad, they, yeah they they use that dolphin clicker kind of thing which looked like the predator they're... i can't yeah, do and it and a, a bit like uh, the last
0: of us it. if you played that anyone oh uh,
1: again yeah. can't play that too scary too jumpy um but yeah it, so we work out they they operate through sound but we essentially follow this group of female characters who whose friendship was already strained but yeah. we're not sure quite why and then we find out as we go descend into hell i.e the descent. but every time you think that they're closer to getting out they're not it's always they're going lower and lower going further yeah, like they think they're about a mile and, and a half underground yeah yeah and it and it just feels relentlessly oppressive and this is a man who likes alien 3 one of the most relentlessly oppressive films available this is far more relentlessly oppressive Um, no but it's true and then our character Sarah um, she gets stuck when they first have the the fall in the cave and her friend says look the worst thing love this the worst thing has already happened to you this is just a poxy cave don't worry about it this is fine and she's like yeah yeah you're right you're right then they start hearing the noises and stuff and you're just thinking oh my god Like this is not the worst thing that's happened to her and will not be the last thing that's happened to her and in the film, we're not sure of Sarah's psychological state. We're not because in we didn't really mention. But after the after the crash, the horrendous crash, there's a hospital sequence where Sarah is running down the hospital ward, and the yeah. and the lights are going off in the hospital one by one. I love boom, that's classic. Boom, that is boom, boom, and it's almost yeah. like she's running away from the darkness. And when we get onto it at the end of the film, she accepts the darkness and wants to go into it, which we will go on to character progression, etc. Um, So yeah, it's There's so many jump scares in the film But they were really well done because the sense of tension and ease I had through the whole thing probably didn't help because Jamie told me It was the scariest horror film and I'd seen what Kim had put and I think Kate had said something as well. Like there was a few people who messaged me, like you're watching, you are, you're watching the descent. I'm that's like, that's why I thought it was important oh, for us to watch it know. together. Like, and you even said to me, you said, um, "What day can you do?" And I was like, "I'll have to come round." And I said to Harry, "This must be bad if Jamie feels the need to to be attending the screening." Right, the anyway. point is
0: this. The point is this. I've every single film I've chosen, I've chosen because I feel like you were going to get something out of it. Now, although this really scared you i just and, I, and and same with jennifer's body which isn't scary so I like i thought i'd like mix it up yeah i thought that you would love jennifer's body and we'll go into why you love jennifer's body as well yep. um not not um like literally even though we obviously the film all do. itself and and megan fox um but what i'm gonna say is that like yeah like the, the descent it's it's a good solid film i could show you so much trash so much the the problem with the horror genre and the reason why it's not taken seriously is because of all the things we spoke about earlier like how exploitative it is and there's so many like we went through like the the 80s which was literally just um sequel hell so it was like we ended up with like nine friday the 13th films. yeah yeah um similar with halloween um the, uh, fr- friday nope what's his name freddy krueger nightmare on elm street yeah or we just we were in just hell and we were just full of clones like slasher clones and they were all low budget not terrible i i actually enjoy a lot of them like so i, I will slate them but i i, I love them um because yeah. they're just a specific type of uh genre that you i know- like but
1: even when we talked about Frenzy, oh, it feels like eons ago at the start of the pod, that was quite exploitative. And we said that was had, like, 70s horror elements, didn't Hitchcock, it? Because, Hitchcock. Yeah, because yeah. it showed a rape scene, but also there were yeah. in it and stuff, which that was Hitchcock pushing the envelope out of trying to show which is surprising what the Italian slashers were doing at the time, I think. That was yeah, kind yeah, no, of, it was.
0: Yeah, you, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about the characters some more. So Sarah and Juno kind of are... We get the impression that their relationship is fractured throughout, we're not sure why. Now, Jamie got really annoyed when we watched the film, because early on in the sequence, when they're on the boat, Juno is waving, as well as Sarah, at the husband and the daughter, and I said half-jokingly, Oh, something's going on there. and <laughs> Peter was sat with me said, this isn't Gossip Girl or 90210. You need to get over yourself. That's not the kind of thing that happens in these films. It, anyway. Right. Was, he literally sk- did say those exact words. Skip ahead 40 minutes into the film. And uh, so Juno gets stuck somewhere. And I can't remember if it's with Holly or Sam. So I don't want to get it wrong, but she is killing some of the night crawlers. Uh, she has like the climbing tool. It's like a, a pickaxe, but it's not a pickaxe. You know, like the mini ones you use to climb. Yeah. And she kills two of the crawlers because she works out it's through sound. So she draws them to her, doesn't she? And then she kills them. And she thinks another one is coming up behind her. This made me jump. She turns and thinks she's killed another one and it's one of her friends from the group. And the friend from the group is... Again, I'm really sorry, I can't remember if it's Sam or Holly. Anyway, um, when she's killed, she pulls on judo's necklace and on her necklace is a leaf and it says a message which is uh isn't it a phrase like live life every day not quite or live something 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 powerful something like that not not quite (laughs) but it's a we've heard sarah say it earlier in the film so then i was going hold on a second i think i know what's going on here Uh, So, yeah, of course, Juno was having an affair. Naughty Juno. Juno was having an affair with Paul, who was the husband. So, (sighs) there we go. So, anyway, uh, later in the film, Sarah finds the body of who we thought was dead after being smashed by the hammer another bit which made me jump out my skin and And what what and what a gut-wrenching scene when she's killed her own friend she's killed her own friend pickaxe right through the throat but also when sarah finds her not being funny she should have been dead by the point sarah found her but anyway sarah finds we established that didn't we and said you know um what's happened and she's like don't trust juno and then she gives her the necklace and we know at this point sarah knows what's happened and it's a question of what will she do Another sequence I've not actually talked about, which is before this, which is one of the really tense ones, is they're just doing a really, I say simple, there's two bits of a cave, and there's like a massive drop in between, and they're setting the roots, aren't they, in the ceiling, and there's a really Mm. good tension scene where they're just setting the roots, and then one of the characters slips, and then... um, they have uh, is it Rebecca's holding the rope and then yeah. th- it burns through her hands. I was like, oh. And like, I, I've i been rock climbing nowhere near to the extent of this film. Not going to even pretend. But if you've ever like slightly let the rope go and you get like that mild burn, it hurts like hell. No, so horrible, when it yeah. showed it in the film and it goes down to the bone, I was like, oh, yeah, can't deal with
0: that. They're, and they're essentially like um, on like monkey bars. Like that's how yes. I describe yeah, it. So yeah. she's hanging by one hand, in the next um, metal metal thing in so they can sort of rope themselves along but yeah it's a there's a lot what i love about it is that again um what neil marshall's done is, is he's kind of done it as an as an old style horror film when <clears throat> really like you don't see anything until no. an hour in yeah and the, so it's only the last 40 minutes when you really when 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 things when you feel like things can't get any worse they get way worse so they, they're just being like basically tormented by the cave for so long yeah the cave made in pinewood studios but there's loads of the hints
1: aren't there like we see the uh the silhouettes potentially of the creature at different times and mm-hmm. then so we kind of think we've seen something and sarah sorry is the first person to say she's seen something and everyone's like oh sarah's mad you know yeah, she's sarah's cra- yeah, you're cra- which like, is be- something we will discuss later with, yeah. a, with a question on the pod
0: which is should we go into it now or should we leave it for later? Let's do it now, yeah. Well, it now. Why not? Like We're we're on the subject, so, um, yeah, why not? So, um, Film Forager writes in and, she, well, she writes in and just basically gives a statement. She says, many women in horror have to constantly validate their sanity. 100% true.
1: So, even from the two films we've watched this week, Sarah, at this bit, has to try and convince everyone. There's yeah. a vampire looking creature, down, or demon-esque creature. Jennifer's body... Uh, um, Needy's character tries to tell everyone what's going on with
0: Jennifer. No one believes her. We've yeah, boyfriend, also got boyfriend basically t- tells us she needs to go and see a shrink.
1: Yep, Ripley in Aliens tells them exactly what happened to all the crew, and they tell her she's mad. Uh, invisible Man, Invisible Elizabeth Man, was the one character, and again that that played into it more so because it linked to the domestic abuse angle as well, didn't it? Like the idea of no one believes that he'd be capable of it. Never mind the fact, yep the Invisible Man so yeah i film forager well, i don't know why i call you film forager Chandra, i agree
0: yes um yeah they do uh, yeah <laughs> there's not <laughs> yes, much else yes. to say is there I just, no yeah. fully fully agree yes they do and we've i mean off the top that's without doing any research whatsoever that's just our off experiences the top of our heads. like yeah. today
1: i think that actually another one would be the ring i know i was bang on about the ring but that's one of the few horror films i i had seen don't you even? You were about to say seven days. Don't even start. He was gearing up on Zoom. Don't. I'm not. Don't
0: worry. It's all good. It's all good. Don't worry. Yeah.
1: Anyway, don't back worry. to the descent. All good. Back to the descent. So yeah, um, there is a very popular fan theory about this film. Have you have you seen the fan theory? I one? haven't. No. Enlighten me, please. So there's an idea which actually the cave trip happens, but the monsters aren't real at all. It's all in Sarah's head, and she kills every one of her friends.
0: Now, La, do I like that? I don't know. I love well. the ending of The Descent so much.
1: So I also want to talk about that. So one, I'm not on board with that fan theory. And I'll tell you why. Because of the two endings of the film. So classic Hollywood. There are two endings to this film. So to our American listeners, you may have not seen the version we have seen. I don't know. So the English version uh, is at the end of the film we believe incredible
0: ending by the way so
1: I think well before we get to the, let's let's lead to the bit which gets to the end so Juno and Sarah inevitably find each other Sarah challenges Juno and says did you see our friend die forgotten her name but did you see her die Juno says yes but we know that's a lie so in Sarah's mind not only has she lied to her about the affair with her husband but she's lied about her friend dying she's not admitted to the fact she's killed one of her friends so sarah at this point feels she's well within her rights to um i don't know wreak revenge on juno so they're attacked by the crawlers so it's all kind of they don't have time to have their fuse so they're fighting off the crawlers individually they're not really working as a team are they and then just as sarah's fought off as many as we think she can do she then takes is it the pickaxe yes yeah, it's, sm- it's like a,
0: it's like it's not a y- you'd call it you a call pickaxe it? it's like a climbing axe
1: yeah it's like the small ones if you ever play modern warfare 2 and you do the ice mission it's those things you use to get up there anyway or
0: the new remade tomb raider she uses one
1: of Oh, them. okay cool oh god yeah yeah yeah. exactly she that so uh sarah slams that and again shocks me slams that
0: into juno's kneecap so the, th- the reason why i love that so much is because it goes in one side and she's oh. wearing leggings, and it comes out the other side, but it's so horrible. you can see it... Rather than you see the blade, it stretches her leggings out, and it just looks good. But the whole thing as weird with as that, that... sounds. That sounded really weird. The, the thing with that is
1: um, it's so she cannot escape. So she's not going to kill her, but she's maiming her to the point where she won't be able to escape. So doesn't Sarah then make a loud noise to make sure they come? Or does she just can't
0: remember um i i, th- I, I they're can't just coming
1: anything. anyway i think at that point because all hell's broken loose yeah anyway the we then see sarah running and she's found a load of skulls and the skulls lead to a big shaft of light so good again gorgeous cinematography big shaft of light think god ray so complete pitch black and then these white rays coming through from the ceiling and it's literally like she's ascending into you say she's ascending into heaven, or you can say she's just breaking free from this hellhole to get back onto the earth. She does it, and we're all excited, thinking, great, Sarah, you've done it. She runs, she runs, she runs. All her friends have died at this point, by the way. I mean, we've kind of got that across, but she runs, she runs, she runs. She gets in a car. She rags it like hell out of there, full pelt. She pulls yeah. over on the side of the road. She didn't pull over very well, which really upset me. And then I said to Jamie, half joking, God, I hope she doesn't get hit by a car as well. Next thing we hear is a... And then a lorry yeah. almost smashes into them, and I thought if that film ended with her being smashed by that lorry, I'd go mad. Anyway, so I'm expecting the fade to black because Sarah's having the breakdown in the car. But no, she wakes up, <gasps> big startled breath. She's still in the cave, so all the stuff. What with, an ending! All the stuff with Juno happened. However, at that yeah. point, she ran and tripped,
0: didn't she? Yeah, she she felt. Yeah, she falls she just down this. Her like, head. Yeah, she falls but down this shaft. Every
1: time in the film. That she's having a moment, she sees her child with a can uh, with a cake with candles, and I believe yeah. there's an extra candle each time one of the characters has died, one of her friends has died.
0: Oh, I did not know that. Okay, this nice is a one, co- thank again. You. This
1: is an IMDb trivia one, so if it is wrong, I apologise. I didn't notice it myself when I watched the film. Anyway, um, when she sees her daughter the final time, which is at the end of the film, with the candles on the cake, she smiles at her and she accepts the fact that she's going to die and she wants to die because she wants to be with her daughter. And that, weirdly, is why I liked the film, because it's about an acceptance of life and death, which sounds really snobby, but it could have been just the film about people getting stuck in a cave and there being monsters in it, but actually it's the, the recovery of Sarah. When things go to pot and the monsters turn up everyone loses their cool but sarah's like well the worst things happened to me in my life so she grows into her own jamie i think you said she became like the alpha in that situation she was the one who was killing them and i don't know just taking ownership like she hides in the blood of of the of yeah she the enemies she or made, whatever yeah. and she's oh it's incredible she has this like where she did, yeah what well, is it
0: um yeah she got there's an apocalypse now reference or Carrie as well you said carry yeah there's there's a few like and and i think neil marshall said he was referencing um some uh fulci as well so okay. like there was some fulci and dario argento um stuff that he, he he was referencing in there just in general just it's uh i'd imagine when we talk about fulci he's talking about um a film called the beyond um which he'd be referencing because that's that's a similar sort of like pretty batshit crazy like insane film like towards the end but uh, yeah, the, the the ending of the descent. I don't accept any other ending. I think the ending of that film is absolutely fantastic, and it it doesn't need to be a happy ending because it's, it's not a nice film. So, to our American listeners, if that ending doesn't sound correct, that is because that was the
1: director's original intention for the for release. But in America, no, they wanted the option of a sequel, so the ending was changed. And there was a sequel. This end, there was. The, sequ- uh, the ending was changed to that sarah does escape i believe she has the breakdown in the car she goes but some people believe this to be the happier ending but it's not the film is about acceptance it's accepting that at points in your life things change and unfortunately the horrific accident which happens with her husband and the daughter is horrendous but she's actually accepted this point in life she's got nothing else to live for she wants to die so actually dying in that situation as horrible as that might sound she she feels like she's lost all her friends by this point so she wants she wants to die she wants to be with her family and be reunited with her daughter so people said it was a bleak ending but in some ways it's kind of not because instead of running away from the darkness as we saw at the start of the film with the lights in the in hospital Clunk clunking off. She's running away. She's welcoming it She's seen the shaft of light on the other side and she's turned her back to it because she doesn't at that point want to escape anymore She just wants to be with her family and I think that's kind of I don't know It's yeah, it's depressing, but there's kind of a a nice I can't say it's heroic, but do do you know what I mean? I think there's just like it's a it's a it's different you know I do, not many films would challenge that and that's why i can see why the american ending was the one where she went away in the car and she lives another day but i think that that missed the whole point of the film which was it's about for me it was about acceptance just my take i love that
0: I love, no 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 and and i love it and i don't i don't really have anything to add like i think you've summed it up really really well and for someone who hates horror films didn't really enjoy the jump scares and stuff like nope. it sounds it sounds like you did enjoy the film
1: it's one it's one of those films that's um and immediately afterwards I was really angry that I'd watched it at j v <laughs> and I was like, why is he maybe me watch this? and then it was the second day and i was I was driving to a shoot and I was like I was thinking about it, I was thinking about it and then day afterwards again and some films I don't know if this it's the same, but I always say if you if you're thinking about it days afterwards and it's really making you think and challenging you, then that's good that to me is a good film yeah. um so yeah but then i also said to jamie would i be rushing to watch the descent again and the truth is no because of how uncomfortable it made me feel but then isn't it good that a horror film makes me
0: feel that way because it's actually achieving its goal or am yeah, i yeah and you know like if- and you know what like i i wouldn't be able to there's, there's certain films that i just would never ever um recommend to you the, the fact like the reason why i'm recommending these types of films is because they're not just um, slashers and exploitation films that are just there to shock people. Um, they're there. The, this one's actually really well written, with a really well um, diverse group of characters, um, and they go on a journey, and it's got a clever ending. And there's there's he's, there's some beautiful cinematography, and he's done some really clever things with a lot of the way he shot um, the monsters, specifically. Like John, please tell us about how uh, Neil Marshall. How, the, how were the monsters shot? Because they look very almost stop motion like, but you, we know they're real. So it's
1: the shutter speed trick we've talked about before, but it's actually a step up from that. So what they've done is film shot at 24 frames per second, but these monsters were only shot at 18 frames per second with a 45 degree shutter uh, to give them a staccato movement. So basically, if you shoot 24 frames per second, your shutter speed would normally would be double. So it would be. 48.48 or closer to 50 frames per second uh, sorry 50 shutter speed right so yeah. if they were shooting it at 18 frames per second with a 45 degree shutter um yeah that's that double movement kind of makes it look a bit like a strobe light effects if you can imagine And it does yeah
0: it's, it's really yeah. well
1: done um i thought as well so we haven't really talked about this the practical effects increased in this film for 2005 was really really good there are only a very few shots i've been bit mean about because they were obviously green screened yeah green screen it, it doesn't work does it compared to the
0: rest of the film no, because i agree the rest with of that. it I shot so well agree.
1: but again I, th- I think it was it was mini- yeah, minimal of minimal but um yeah, yeah the practical effects were really really good and i read something really interesting which was they didn't just get um you know sometimes they have stunt actors do the creature roles they got actual actors in because they wanted each one of the monsters to have their own personality because they're people the idea was they yeah. are people not just monsters i thought it was a really cool idea i hadn't really heard of that before i mean like you know in aliens you think like you see 35 of them or whatever running down corridors it yeah. was three suits used over and over
0: again with the same three stunt actors just doing different stuff Love so it. you know Love it. and, and 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 neil marshall loves a practical effect as we find yeah. out as we found that in dog soldiers which is um neil marshall's another neil marshall absolute extraordinary film um, and it doesn't get talked about enough. He also said the reason he
1: did this, he didn't initially want to do two horrors back to back, but because Dog Soldiers was an all-male cast, he then wanted to do an all-female cast to do something different to kind of show that he had diversity and range.
0: And I thought that, that really interesting actually, we paired The Fly and The Thing, mm-hmm. how good, what a contrast it would have been to watch The Thing and then go and watch The Descent. Because yeah, it's true. From a from a full male cast to a full female cast bar one man that gets a pole through his face yeah
1: do you know brilliant jamie's reminded me of something really really important the score for this film i don't think it's a score i'll be listening to in my spare time because it's just gonna make me feel eerie but yeah there is some john carpenter references in there absolutely uh um no, Neil Marshall did say one of his references was John Carpenter and The Thing and my god you can tell because there is a heartbeat track low synthesizer doing that bomb bomb that um, I clipped yeah. in the pod I, last
0: week I, uh, so yeah I really do need I need Neil Marshall to, to do some more of these these type of films so, because he's he's so good at them. He did Doomsday, didn't he? Which I didn't watch. Which I did, didn't like. Didn't it do I've seen very it. well. And then I the other like film
1: it. I'd seen he'd done. So again, I'd learned Hellboy. I watched these Hellboy, which again was not well received. So it's a shame, really, because this for me felt like it's a horror film. But as I said, what works for me with it is the things that are more than the horror film is the greater meaning, etc. So I'd be intrigued if he did something different, like d- maybe like a thriller or do you know what I mean? Just or or a drama you know what what he was dealing with i agree I
0: agree man. But anyway
1: there yeah. we go i think that's well, what i have to say about the descent, really but yeah yes i was terrified no i won't be uh, rushing back and yes i still see flickering
0: images in my head of the monsters but aside from that it's all good pete writes into movies in a pod shell at gmail.com and he says dear jamie and johnny i'm the favorite slightly controversial question for one of you But hope you'll still give it a decent answer why do you think horror why do you think horror is the worst genre of films with the largest number of terrible movies why is horror right okay cool i get it i get it i get it why is horror the the basically the genre of film with the largest number of terrible movies sorry sorry it's my first question in a while pete Absolutely, welcome, Pete. Um, always welcome to write in. Thank you so much. I think you're probably um, the
1: man to answer this because I don't think I've got a fair reflection of.
0: So I think a whole. Okay, okay. So from and, and this isn't this isn't the definitive answer. This is my interpretation of it, of course. Um, I would say that that horror's got the largest number of terrible movies because the horror genre in general isn't. Um, Like it's, it's not, there's a lot of low budget horror films, um, done really well. And that also opens the door for lots of low budget horror films that are done absolutely horrendously. Um, so we, we, one, we've got loads of clones out there. So as I spoke about earlier on, so we've got, we've got stuff like, um, so we've, you've got Black Christmas, right? Which was the first ever slasher made, um, Black Christmas. And then, then shortly after that, you've got stuff like Halloween, John Carpenter done on a really small budget, but is considered one of the greatest slashers of all time. Considered John Carpenter's potentially best film. Um, you've got so you've got those two films, right? Um, and then then after that you've got stuff. Um, you've got stuff like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, really low budget, amazingly well done and terrifying. Um, then you've got Friday the Thirteenth. And what this, what these big films did, because they were big back then, what these films did was they kind of spawned many 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 copycat films so you you had other films like that came along like the burning for example um which is actually pretty good like um it was almost uh exactly like a friday the 13th clone so you've got um friday the 13th which was from camp crystal lake um which is like just like a a kind of a, a camp um with like girls and boys and they're just like fooling around lots of boobs as we say like all these films lots of boobs most most of the time um i think halloween's the only one where you've really got some like properly empowering female characters in, in in jamie lee curtis who's who's the final girl um but it spawned loads of crap like loads and loads of crap so you've got stuff like the mutilator for example which i personally quite like um, it's got the same song played over and over again throughout the whole film the budget is extremely low and um, it's not well written i like it because it's just really dumb that's I think that's what it is like so people that like film people like John um I would never dream of being like let's sit down and watch the mutilator because he'll be like Jamie what mate like what are you doing but the horror so, so horror fans I and <laughs> this, and again this is this is weird like horror fans are die hard hardcore fans like if you are a fan of the horror genre and I am but I'm not I'm not so much like this. There are, like, horror cons. Like, you don't see a drama con, do you? You don't see a rom-com, com, con it's, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean?
1: It's, it's really weird because I always think to myself, I have no idea what you're getting out of this, and I don't see a way in. But, then but do you I, mean, like, what am
0: I getting at as in, like, why do you like the violence? Why do you like the exploitation so much? Yeah,
1: yeah, so yeah much? 100%. But then I think to myself, some people look at me, and with science fiction, they say, what is this toss? Like Absolutely, you know, like, yeah they would. What, they would. What are you getting why you know I, for me it's escapism and, and I, I've always said to you, another reason I don't like horror films are the ones I especially don't like, the ones that could be real. So I I hate the idea of stuff like Saw and hostile because I think someone could do that it's torture porn yeah it's torture porn and we've talked about this before and I think again even when we watched Revenge I had reservations with that because again I mean it's far fetched but like elements of it could happen and that's when I'm kind of like I don't know I know thrillers have those elements too but obviously they're normally paired back in a way where it's not as severe but yeah I just it's 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 a bit like though people who people you know, some people like fantasy stuff and other people don't. it's just it's all you could say about any genre really it's like what did you yeah. get out of rom-coms but you know I, horror I'm, you're right has the most dedicated following i'd say and then probably sci-fi is maybe second to it or something I don't yeah know, probably but like, yeah.
0: I, what i would what i would say um pete is this in horror there is um people th- <laughs> a lot of the time people think of the name of the film before they before they think of the actual film. So for, you, you, we see so many stuff like um Ginger Dead Man and stuff like that. And basically, someone has been eating a gingerbread man one day and been like, oh, that will be a good idea for a film, and they go and make it. Now, the re like, there's probably a lot of really crap dramas as well. But horror the reason why horror is like slated and there is so much like crap there is because the the story comes second a lot of the times so it's about the gore and then they write the, the really bad writing is all around it with with the low budget so when it's all coupled together you can do almost any drama on it with a with a really low budget we see some like incredible independent dramas with low budgets obviously the same can be done with horror but there's it just doesn't work as well like the audience is completely different and i think i hope i've kind of answered the question and now on to our pair in film um so we're talking about women in horror i didn't want to scare johnny anymore even though this <laughs> sorry he's pulling a really funny face he's just he's opened a beer that he doesn't like and it's he's really just pulled a really face. funny face i looked pretty sorry. much like the crawlers out of the Descent* at that point right yeah we've chosen jennifer's body from 2009 directed by karen kisama what a film You and me are going out tonight. Wear something cute, okay? You always do what Jennifer tells you to do. It's just that I like the same things that she likes. Hey Jennifer, you look really pretty. Why don't you just come by my place? What was it, random? This isn't really your house, is it? We can play mommy and daddy. No way. We always share your bed when we have slumber parties. Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean she's actually evil, not high school evil. John, this was the first time you've ever seen Jennifer's body. Yes. And but like I'd only seen it a couple of years ago, and I loved it. And but I, I always thought it was gonna be rubbish because I see I seen the um I seen the the Terrible cover and like Jennifer yeah Jennifer's body like it just doesn't look very good. Um, this- tell me about it
1: uh jennifer's body is imagine if someone showed you mean girls and then said halfway through it, it's going to become a black comedy about um uh a black comedy horror bit like a wild episode of buffy and that's exactly what it is and i absolutely loved it i really did i just it really took me by surprise uh and Jamie's about to say something what am i in trouble for saying it's like mean girls <laughs> and buffy again uh, well at this point
0: now it, it's your personality like so, um, <laughs> no, so
1: so obviously the reason i'm going to say that is one it's about high school and the dynamics of high school uh and uh yeah it's a lot of it's about teenage friendships i suppose as well and uh again the director talked about it, it's the idea of all these people at high school they are towards the end of high school and they're all starting to separate and there's some jealousy so jennifer is the main character played by megan fox is je- jealous of amanda safe is it Seyfried? i was saying her name wrong is it amanda Seyfried? Seyfried. seafried sorry so I, I mean i don't know if i'm getting it right but- okay so jennifer megan fox is uh jealous of needy which is played by amanda seafried because Uh, Amanda's got a girlfriend and a stable uh, sorry got a boyfriend and a stable relationship whilst Megan Fox's character she believes I'm the hottest one this high school and I can't get anything going for me like I can't find the right man right and then she's really horrible to Needy even though she's her best friend in inverted commas they're quite mean to each other throughout Uh, so there's a lot of
0: well I would say that Jennifer's Jennifer's more like nasty to Needy's character
1: that's what I'm saying yeah 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 and then but also to needy's partner because she's jealous of that and yeah but let's let's rewind a little the film kicks off with we see uh amanda Seafried's character at the window of um uh jennifer's jennifer's window and it's like that was the first jump scare for me because it's a thunderstorm and she appears at the window and that freaked me out and I thought the film was going to be about Amanda being the baddie. Sorry, sorry, Needy being the baddie, not Megan Fox's character, Jennifer. Anyway, uh, we then jump to we see Amanda Seyfried in a uh, some sort of institution. We're not sure if it's a prison or or what have you at this point.
0: I mean, I mean, we're definitely we definitely think it's some kind of mental institution, don't we? Uh, yeah, I mean, if that's the right way to call it, I don't know. Yeah, um, but then, it's definitely it's definitely got Jack Nicholson vibes. And then.
1: All of a sudden, uh her character and again, because it's kind of got a black comedy tone at this point, we're not quite sure what's going on, and she drop kicks. Uh not an attendant, uh one of the one of the staff members anyway, at the hospital at the at the um it's not a prison, is it? What is it? Is it a prison? Is she in a prison? Well, it's it's a an mental asylum? hospital I think. I like, don't know. An, like there I, you go, there you go. That's an, right? an asylum I don't know She's what an a Anyway, she drop kicks this worker and they go flying. And I thought, Oh, it's for comic effect that they've done this. Yeah,
0: like it's it's almost like right? yeah, maybe it's her imagining of yeah. something she's done. Do and you know we I mean? know something, something bad's
1: time. happened and we're like gonna flash back to what's happened. We get the context at the end of the film of why she is the way she is, but that's part of the fun. So yeah, um it all starts pretty nicey nicey We see um normal
0: high school shenanigans needies with a boyfriend and they're trying to work out when they've got um and and there's a fallout boy poster above their bed <laughs> and and at that moment in time this was the film for me i knew i was gonna <laughs> love this film man. like i've seen that fallout boy poster and i'm like yeah, yeah boy like this is i'm all over this and then do you know what the amount of pop punk emo yeah, it's great posters iconography in this film it's flooded with it i need to know who the fan is because honestly like this this film was made for me so it's almost like i did i subconsciously did the soundtrack for this film yeah so really interesting like the director of this film
1: spoke about how a lot of the general traits of the horror film are twists on their heads uh within this but i think maybe if jamie does a synopsis first then i'll go into
0: why that's the case because otherwise it might be a bit jumpy so if, i mean the, the synopsis is dead easy isn't it like um sort of need needy and jennifer go to a gig together Yep. um and we'll talk about the gig <laughs> um go to a gig together um and jennifer basically gets bundled into the back of a van Um, she gets like there's a seance a style gothic ritual because they um, believe she gets, she's a virgin which is the key point here they, they believe yeah, she's, they a virgin. Think she's a virgin um and then she's uh she becomes possessed and turns into uh, what, what is she's a succubus so basically yep. what a succubus does is um, feeds on the life of others right yep yep um yeah exactly so she's like unless she kills um she she and feeds like she she drains of energy um and so she starts um killing her male classmates um and then her best friend is trying to like kind of put an end to it so yeah that is essentially it but let's talk about
1: why this is different to your normal horror films well Normally in a horror film, Jamie talks about last week the trope of you are running away from something or someone at all times. Usually a male character chasing a female character. Yeah. The female character in previous horror films might have done things like she might not be a virgin, therefore she's punished, therefore she's killed. Or you have the blonde, uh, the blonde person who dies first, etc. Right. Those are your, like your basic traits. This yeah. film flips it on its head because one the male character in it who's amanda's C- needy's partner is called chip dove played by johnny simmons and he's just a nice normal guy there's nothing wrong with him right like he's a normal male character yeah are you are you you looking like you disagree with me here but no, he's, no, no, he's no, just he's, having mean, he's, a normal relationship with yeah, his yeah. girlfriend he's and fine. everything's fine jennifer's jealous of them jennifer's character uh normally in a horror film she, when she's in the van, she says to them, I'm a virgin, because she wants them to... She doesn't realise that's what they're looking for. She thinks she says, oh, I'm not a virgin. Sorry, if I am a virgin, they won't want me, because she thinks they want her for her body. So she thinks she yeah. can get out of the situation by saying, I yeah. am a virgin. You should go and find someone who knows what they're doing. But little does she know, she's going against the trope, because, right, so that's, that's the first one we're ticking off. The second one we've got is when uh, jennifer comes back to life she is that what did you call it what's the what's the phrase she's succubus when she's that thing she um <laughs> she isn't perceived as a threat to men because they all think they're just going to get laid so she leads them into yeah. the dodgiest places like do you want to come to the woods with me yeah fine <laughs> do you want to you know if if a male if they and they talked about if a male character did that to a female character in a horror film you'd be like no 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 but also the female character wouldn't let that happen because you, right do you see what i'm trying to say so it flips yeah. the expectations around of a horror and that's why it's clear the other reason it's clear is because the humor is it's very self-aware isn't it? it's very on the nose and it's like that's why i said again and you laugh but it's the writers of juno isn't it the film and I hate it. that film, but I that's where it. you get the quirky sense of yes, the Buffy um, the Vampire Slayer, Joss Whedon writing, and also the kind of nobody it is it is that style. No, no, also, I hate that. also. Also, well, um, well, yeah, he's he, yeah, less said about that the better. Um, but then we've got the Joss Whedon, uh, sorry, excuse me, um, Josh Schwartz who did The OC. It's that kind of writing style. Obviously, of I'm also saying that. Yeah, that's because, why you love this film because we have uh, Adam Brody is the lead singer of the devil worshipping band, uh, which sacrifices Jennifer. Now, uh, a personal, go- that's a personal favourite of the show. Yeah, yeah i love adam brody so much also though i i, I think i messaged you and Kay and i said why is it uh, adam brody trying so hard to make everybody hate him after the oc in like the
0: roles he picks like he, it, mate, in- he is so can i just say right breaking there's breathe. a panic at the disco song in this in this film yeah adam brody is trying so hard and and on and i think on purpose i, I think he's to fully look like lead singer. brandon urie like, yeah 100%. from uh, from panic at the disco 100%. i was like oh my. and when he's singing it's hysterical. Like, I was the way he's I'm taking howling. the mic out of them, the mic style and all that stuff. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's hysterical. It's re- it's a really funny film. I, yeah. I, some of the lines in this film are so, so funny.
1: Yeah, it's and that's where I kind of got the Mean Girls reference, too, because it kind of uh, acknowledges the high school clicks. 100%, and... exactly like that. Yeah, you're right. So, in terms of what happens, we've talked about the gig. They spot Jennifer, and then Needy overhears them because she thinks that they're trying to use her for sex. And she's like, hold on, that's my friend. Like, you can't talk about her that way. But then Jennifer says, hey, if they're interested in me, it's all good. The reason the indie band sacrifice her is because they won't be able to get famous because there's too many indie bands otherwise, right? That's kind of what they say. Yeah. And there's something to be said for the fact that um, a group of men are sacrificing a young woman for career gains. So there was probably some message there. I haven't fully worked that one out, but people have pointed that out in reviews. Do you see what I mean? Like the fact... Yeah. I'm not quite sure what what the what the outcome of that is but that's just something that's been highlighted so it's worth mentioning. Um but anyway when uh uh when Jennifer comes back she straight away goes to needy's house and this weird sequence. This is probably the one bit that was jumpy for me. It's not a very jumpy film but uh she turns up and she's got like black goo for lack of a better description which she
0: vomits up after well, she just, so she turns up and oh, we we actually think something's happened to her we so think at this point she's she's been attacked, beaten up but she's, she's been got attacked, around her up, mouth yeah. and i thought
1: obviously there's been a rape attempt right and she's, she's yeah, yeah, and yeah and yeah and you know what that's, that's a reasonable
0: it's... assumption because yep that's what it looks Four like, men and, in a and man I think in a and van. I think it's meant to look like that as well.
1: Yes, and then um, she goes. She's not speaking. She goes to the fridge, She eats some raw chicken or something. Like, there's something grim. She eats raw it's chicken. It's
0: like a, a whole chicken, and she's just like yamming it down. Like, and it's it's. Fire. But Jamie,
1: see me eat chicken, so he wasn't surprised by this. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. and then uh, <laughs> and then she throws up this black goo, and it's obviously weird, demonic, vile stuff. And then she goes away, but again talking about a trope you don't expect the next day she's at school and she's fine and she pretends like nothing's happened and Needy's like what is going on and she looks a slight going
0: smidge paler yes and she looks different and so yes. I actually did um, I was looking into this um, she actually lost I think it's 19 pounds Really, to play the role, so she lost nineteen pounds for the role. So she was like really slim at the time, yeah. um, and 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 I think they they had made her a little bit paler as well. So she she did look different, and and do you know what, the devotion to the role as well. Like I love that. Um, both Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox say it's their it's their favorite film that they've done. So we should talk about as well. There's uh, I think there's another reading of the film, which is the idea that
1: Jennifer's not just jealous of needy; she's in love with needy because they have a scene where. They Jennifer starts killing. She establishes early on she has Do to Do we kill. think that she's in love with her? Well, let me get on to what that theory goes through. But Jennifer starts killing, doesn't she, to to keep her uh, youth... To or, satiate. Or to, 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 yeah. So, to stay alive. So the first one... The first victim she picks is someone whose friend died at the bar. So I'm not quite sure on why she's picking... She picks male victims, I understand that. And she picks them because... She basically leads them on to think they're going to have sex there. She then tricks them and then, but she's not picking evil men. I would have thought she would have picked the band. Do you know what I mean? Rather than the, yeah, the yeah. emo
0: kid or the or the. Is, and is, the emo. Do you know what the emo kid is? The the actual like the most wholesome yeah. person, like the most wholesome guy in the film. Like he's so sweet, and yeah. she picks on him.
1: Yeah. So I've, I'm not quite sure what
0: that was about. Do you know what I mean? He, not, he's genuinely like in love with her. Like he, he wants to and he he's like, yeah, like we we could watch a film, like We could watch Rocky Horror Show. And she's like, I don't like boxing. Yeah, like, I loved I, that. I loved that. There's but, so many funny lines in it. But anyway, um,
1: the thing that's really sad is when Jennifer's in the mirror. She, when she's not feeding, she gets that like you said, pale, and she's uh, all she has to put loads of makeup on to kind of get sorted out, and it, it's because she's only got photos of herself up like when she was looking better yeah. or whatever and it's that kind of idea that her it's a it's presenting her life as just like this really sad thing because she thinks her self-worth is based only on her appearance and the demon is making that even more so it's like it's bringing yeah. that to the forefront would
0: you say that's fair or is that a h- a I, yeah i 100 percent, I, I would and and and, and it's funny because the casting is incredible because yeah when I when I look at Megan Fox, I'm like, I think she for us for us men is the Chris Hemsworth, like of of like. <laughs> does that make sense? So yeah, I I feel like when I look at Chris Hemsworth, or when I look Ryan at Chris, or Ryan Gosling, like those those. Mm, I just think no? yeah. Okay, when I look at Chris Hemsworth though, I look at Chris Hemsworth and I wonder how him and I could even be the same species. Like I look at him and I'm like, <laughs> wow like wow we like how are we are we both human beings like or because how can that work and i think megan fox is this that for us like for for men like the the casting is amazing like she she is drop dead gorgeous and it works so well um they were gonna they originally were gonna cast um uh uh ryan reynolds's wife uh, blake lively yes, she was I originally asked at, to at, do this but she chose to do gossip girl X O X O.
1: yeah love that and also needy was going to be played by emma stone which i would 100 percent be down for as well no
0: no so no, so no, i would be down no, for it no. i love emma stone but i wrote down on my notes it's this is a massive shame because this is the megan fox show but amanda seyfried's performance is un is, is fantastic yep. like she's so so good so and she's just overshadowed so now we're going into this there is a scene where jennifer's character
1: just outright tells needy what's wrong with her and what she's doing she says yeah i'm killing people because if i don't kill people i look like death every so many yeah. like every so many weeks so i i'm doing it and no one can stop me it is what it is but she's like but needy we've been attached for years because when they were kids there was some weird incident where one of them bleeds and the other one licks the blood or something, wasn't it? Like in a flashback. Yeah, yeah. So they've got a weird connection. So when she does the killing of the emo uh, the emo guy, Amanda yeah. Seafried is having sex with her boyfriend but sees the imagery of what's happening at Jennifer's attack. And that's where we get the idea there's not a psychic link, but you know what I mean? Like they're linked in some way, something's not right um and yeah, then it definitely. leads to that, like that jealousy of why jennifer doesn't like the fact needy is probably going to be the one to be more successful at the moment because she's smart and uh, well i say that she's she's smart she's got a boyfriend she's got the things that people are looking for right or potentially looking for at that point and she feels like she what she's got is her looks and at high school that's not gonna be you that's know, everything that, that's everything right so that that was kind of the takeaway but she tells Needy all this and then she starts to kiss her and some people might try and say oh is this an exploitative scene but apparently in the original script the idea was that Jennifer was actually in love with Needy and that she was she was jealous because of the Ah, of her boyfriend not because she wants the boyfriend but because it's taking Needy away from her because Needy because everyone's there was also like that how can they be friends and like Needy jokes about it Needy's boyfriend jokes about it jennifer jokes about it and it's like well maybe maybe there's more to it but that's not to say they have to be more than for that relationship to work but there is a reading of the fact that there was a script where that was the case they they were jennifer was in love with needy and that's why she was punishing the other people because she was annoyed she she couldn't have her
0: yeah i like it and and yeah I, i like it and it's uh yeah I've, I've I've not really got anything to add to that it's, it's it's nice that their their relationship is is quite strange Needy and Jennifer like it is, it is a Jennifer
1: strange... needs Needy but even though Needy's she... called Needy Jennifer relies on Needy and that's the irony of the entire thing because it's like Needy you drop everything you do to do what Jennifer says and she's like yeah because she needs
0: me and like that's again kind of the irony yeah. of, of the name right yeah Karen, Karen Kisama has done a superb job like superb job and this could have been a disaster on every single level, like this film, but because it had her at the helm, yeah, and she's she's executed it like the way she wanted to, like her vision, and and we talk like let's talk about the what the studio tried to do. Okay, uh, we'll do that, and I'll touch on the
1: ending. But the studio early early doors, they took, they kind of side off the script and what have you, and they they got Megan Fox in, and they they wanted to. Be able to make this film and not have studio interference so what they did was the first shot they sent to the film was megan fox walking down the hallway in slow motion uh, yeah. because they knew the studio execs would see that tongues would be wagging and then they'd leave them be and that's exactly apparently what happened the issues with this film came when it came down to the marketing now if you look at the marketing for this film it's got nothing to do with amanda Seafried, it's all on the sex appeal of megan fox so it's her in promiscuous clothing on a a teacher's desk or or what have you if you watch the trailers the trailers tried to uh, present it as a straight horror with no comedy so no one really knew how to market this this is like when they marketed fight club and said it was about a fight club but didn't present the fact
0: that actually it's nothing (laughs) to do with the underground fighting ring in it yeah this had really mixed reviews and only in the last sort of i guess um what like maybe seven eight years has it gained like a proper cult following this this is this now people will watch this film 100 um in well they are watching it now but in in another 10 years this will be like that generations uh the lost boys i truly believe yeah. that
1: and i think the the other thing with this film is uh the other issue with the marketing sorry was that um they tried to get Megan Fox to promote this film by sitting on porn
0: chat room. Oh, sites. right. Listen, I'm going to read it out. I'm so, going to read it out. J- Jamie, full context, go. I'm going to read it out. Like I'm, I'm like, just so you and, don't think I'm making this up. And this is the, the this is the this is the sadness, right? The, what Karen Kisama and had to go through to actually deliver the film that she wanted to deliver. And just every, all this crap. So um, in a February 2016 interview with the New York Times, while trying to illustrate how completely the studio's all-male marketing department misunderstood the point to this movie, director Karen Kusama recalled that one of their marketing ideas was for Megan Fox to do live chats with amateur porn sites. Kusama said that she begged them to not even mention the idea to Fox because... They were In quotes... She will become so dispirited, it was crushing. Yep. Now, someone please describe to me the value behind getting um, getting Megan Fox to do live chats with amateur porn sites. Why? Like, why? Like, not not in terms of, like, why that's bad, but why, Like, what does that mean?
1: Do you know what it is, though? Transformers was successful, and let's be honest, Michael Bay's male gaze in that film is horrendous on Megan Fox. Like... I don't think now you. Yeah, would. her bending
0: over the bonnet of that car. Yeah, that scene honestly, is honestly like iconic.
1: That yeah, mm-hmm. but that's now not happening. Like, do you know what I mean? I I, I honestly believe that if that that would not get shot now,
0: no, it wouldn't. No. It just
1: wouldn't. And I just think that the fu- the studio, sorry, work is still in that mindset, which is Megan Fox sells, and they were targeting twelve to fifteen year old boys. And apparently, at the screening, they they the film went down horribly, and they said, "What does this film need?" And apparently, it said they said more boobs. Now that's because other horror films that were previously more exploitative would have had that element and that was kind of what they were trying to steer away from and it shows that they were trying to push the genre and do something different and what they got was backlash because it wasn't following the traits of these older horror films, which are the traits that we were just talking about are exploitative in the wrong way for the wrong reasons and that they're trying to steer away from. And having a female director is a step in the right direction because then there's actually good representation of female characters rather than just being what we see. And I'm, and I'm not being funny. This might seem like a random leap, but when we talked about Promising Young women, and we had women write in their thoughts and their experiences of, of things they've dealt with and Jamie and I just turned around and said, well, we haven't got any clue and we, and, and we didn't even think about that. Imagine that on a level of people with millions of dollars projecting ideas in films, right? Am I, am I, am I going no, too no, deep? No, or, no, you know, no, no, you're not, and, right. And then they're shaping the way that people consume things, which then affects behavior and etc. cetera. And it's,
0: it's crazy to me, but there we are. That was quite a long rant, apologies. Well, I've got the perfect caveat for that rant. Okay. The perfect caveat, and I want you to think about this and I want you to try and answer the question so um i was reading i was reading my book men women and chainsaws by carol j clover i think it's been out for from from the film she's talking about and how recent they were i think the film's, the this book's been out for maybe 30 years or something Um the woman's 80 now now get this she so she went on she she's done a deep dive into like slashes of the 70s and 80s and 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 some of like new newer sort of slashes as well now get this have you ever heard of a film called i spit on your grave yes i have right cool so right. so any anyone who wants to know um about i spit on your grave and um, so i spit on your grave is really famous um it was one of the um video nasties so it was banned for quite a few years um and basically it's a rape revenge film so it was um not very nice it's a, i I've, I've only seen it once um and i can't really remember it very well but it's a, a, basically a woman gets uh like brutally raped and the 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 cover of the film is um basically a back shot of a woman um with blood all over and a t-shirt torn um and you can see like a bit of a bum so you you get the idea um so that 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 film came out um i think in 1978 um banned okay so then there was another film called miss 45 uh, which i haven't seen um and i don't really know much about but what i do know about is it's another sort of rape revenge film now what um carol j clover did she back then she spoke to video stores so she went around to video stores in um the i think the los angeles area forgive me if i'm wrong like i can't remember it verbatim but the los angeles area and a few video stores participated in something she wanted to do and she was like right i really want to know what who who are who are renting these films I spit on your grave. Who's who's renting them? Get this: nine out of ten people renting these films, these rape revenge films, ex- exploitation films where women are getting uh, this violence towards them, brutally raped, um, that kind of thing. Um, there, so nine out of ten people renting these films are males under the age of twenty-five. Yeah, nine out of ten people. Um. Now I thought long and hard about this. Um, John, like, why do you think that is? I'm presuming at that
1: point it was harder to get access to pornography, so it was a way in, I'm guessing. Is that part of it? Uh, Because you talked about about the exploitative nature, right? And and let's say it's 70s and 80s, you haven't got the internet, and maybe you're too embarrassed to go to a video store to go and get pornography. Maybe they saw the idea of a horror film which they knew had
0: those elements in it or wasn't easy access to those things. I, d- I don't yeah, know yeah, I, I, yeah absolutely potentially yeah I, I think that could absolutely be be a thing I mean what comes to my into my mind is like I'm trying to think back to me um and I'm trying to think back to sort of like what I was like when I was a little bit younger um and I guess I was trying to sort of I was way more interested in like more violence when I was young so like when when I was growing up as a teen I was like like so I, i'm 32 so i grew up in the vhs era anyway yeah and dvds were only getting big when i was like maybe in the year 2000 so i remember being real I, I was watching like um sort of like martin scorsese like definitely exposed to things i shouldn't have been when i was a kid and i was like oh god how bad does it get how bad does it get that's interesting so I'm like, you say that because i i've never understood personally and this is
1: again another reason i've never really got into horror like why you'd want to see it like you saw me at the bit when that bone came out the leg in the descent and i was yeah. well gone, yeah of course yeah just
0: not even near yeah, it. yeah yeah and and i'm not saying and and this is weird so like and this is me just being honest i'm just being honest as a as a 17 18 year old boy i was like um i was like i was just like well, how bad can it get so i'm like i'm I'm like renting hostel, hostel two, mm, um, no. and I'm like, oh god, yeah. See the bit where he slices his Achilles? Like, no, I just not for me. And then no, I, no. And I know friends that are like, um, they talk about stuff like uh, Itchy the Killer, that kind of thing, like, um, which is more exploitation. And so, I guess I don't really have an answer. What I can sort of grasp from that 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 nine out of ten males under twenty five, that's that's what the that's what the genre you're hitting. That's the genre you're hitting. How does that affect their behaviour? Luckily, I'm generally quite level-headed, normal, open-minded. What what does it show like people of that age? Well, hold on. There's always we we always have to be careful with because we've talked about this before. There's an argument
1: for video games like GTA. Should people be able to play it? And there's a, a body of thought which is or a line, sorry a line of thinking of the idea of well you play these things as escapism because you won't then do them in real life because you're acting out on a platform so horror films and watching that you're seeing it so you would never do it but it's kind of fully agree f- feeding the not fancy, but like feeding like the interest or the, the idea the, or the thought of something yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. could it's, happen that's the only way right? i can
0: experience this or, on screen
1: yeah or the other mindset is and this is the argument of why the video nasty era and why there was all the cancellation why things were banned. Chucky. Because people are like, hold on, is this just inspiring kids who shouldn't be seeing these things to do this stuff? And I yeah. think, unfortunately, there will be people who are swayed by things, but in life in general, whether it's religion, whether it's media, whether it's a song. Agree. Any, like, anything. Like, people can take meaning of things and, and apply it in, in horrendous ways, but that's a choice. It's not... That that sound is quite deep but you know it's a choice to act on that it's not the media's not telling you to do that thing you are taking it upon yourself to interpret it yeah. in that way that's, this is why that's, i asked the question yeah.
0: i asked the question for that reason because like that that is true like i, I truly believe that and i just i'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate before we get
1: any further into deep philosophical debates shall we discuss the ending of jennifer's body because i know we're going to go on to a question then completely leave it out so as it's a high school movie we of course descend into the high school ball right so you've got the feels like the 80s like there we go and uh amanda seyfried's broken up needy has broken up with a boyfriend because she's trying to protect him and megan Fox's character jennifer bumps into him on the way to the ball and we all know this spells disaster don't we jamie so uh she tells him that uh needy's been having an affair with someone else and naughty
0: needy yeah she hasn't I think and, she
1: hasn't. <laughs> uh, Jennifer does this because she needs men to be at the point of despair or to be frightened doesn't she so she, does. she comes on to him really aggressively and he's a bit scared not quite sure what to do and also kind of still weeping over needy and they get led to this really weird layout which weirdly reminds me of the layer of poison ivy had in Batman and Robin not gonna lie it looked like that you know what I mean <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The water the, the, feature the, the, in the middle. it's like, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, Anyway, they get there and Jennifer is about to kill the boyfriend, but she does that because she knows Amanda Seafree, Needy has that connection with her and will feel the, what's about to happen. So there's like that weird uh, link between the two of them, right? So it's still, is she doing it to get her attention? Is she doing it because she's jealous? We don't know. It Up, up for interpretation. And yeah. then, yeah, essentially, Needy arrives and what's great at this point is needy isn't the damsel in distress and neither is jennifer the damsel in distress is chip the male character the boyfriend is the damsel in distress he is the one who needs saving and she's flipped the the, script the iconography of needy running in a massive ball gown dress looking beautiful by the way like love it and she's like storming through full pelt to save him and like Great, like, why not? I love Buffy. Buffy was always saving men, left, right, centre. Like, Xander was always the useless, made him really, you know, like... He needed rescuing a lot. Pray Mantis person he in, did, like, yeah. episode
0: three. Lots and lots of things. Oh, there. God, it's just reminding me of Xander nowadays, on oh, not So sad. Oh,
1: yeah, I know. But anyway, so, yeah. And then, at this point, there's a big fight between Needy and Jennifer. Jennifer offs the boyfriend, but not before needy is able to we think she's killed her but she's not she impales her and then jennifer goes back home and needy's in the window so we've gone back to the start of the film now we've got context now of why she was at the window she breaks into the bedroom they have a tussle on the bed and like jennifer's got that weird hovering ability and she's like hovering with her yeah. in the fight and then needy stabs her in the heart and then she dies I think Jennifer's last remark is like ew, or something, right? It's like
0: really uh, this, uh, it's, mate, like, it's really mate, great. Like Colin Gray looked like lasagna with teeth. Yeah. The 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 um you're so jello, you're such green you're so yeah, lime green yeah, yeah, jello yeah. and I can't even take it there's so many iconic lines in this it, film that for me is up there like, with like you killed my effing boyfriend and she's got yeah, a Stanley knife and she's yeah. and then what did she say something like oh you're so butch do you always get your weapons from home depot yeah, like, yeah. actually it's hysterical yeah, it's really there's, good there's black so comedy. many re- really funny lines in this but
1: then um as they have this tussle jennifer bites needy and we see this yes and as she as she bites her she gets stabbed at the same time so jennifer dies and it is still sad but what's harrowing is when she's down on the bed jennifer's mom comes home and says baby are you like oh like jennifer are you okay like honey what's wrong and then amanda seyfried's there on the bed knelt in front of her with a knife dug straight into her with no context and it's like that's why she's in the asylum at the start or the prison we've not yet discovered which it is anyway we hear through voiceover that not only did uh needy survive and get locked away but she also inherited the powers of jennifer so we know now why she was able to drop kick someone across
0: the canteen because
1: she's a demon right out of context that sounds mad but it's just bloody good fun i really enjoyed it and uh i watched the whole film yeah honestly oh it's great fun. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought... I liked the fact that Me- Megan Fox being cast as that character was like a really good th- good thing from the point of view of it's challenging what people thought of her at the time. She's almost playing into what people thought she was rather than yeah, who she yeah, yeah. is. And yeah. if you haven't, I would recommend watching... I think E did a like cast reunion where it was... Uh, Megan Fox and the director talking about this film and about how it was mismarketed some of which we've touched upon. Yeah. And it's really interesting um hearing like what she wanted to achieve through it all essentially and, and it's really sad cuz I don't know if you've listened to the director's commentary. Well the director's commentary. <laughs> I haven't had time. <laughs> uh, sorry. On the director's commentary they're like we wanted this shot for the trailer, not this shot. We wanted this, we wanted that, we wanted that for the poster and it's basically masking it as what it was, which was that kind of Mean Girls esque black comedy, right? He- it's a bit like Heather's. R- rather than being like this is a sex, you know, a, yeah. a, a sex, sex comedy. It could sex- have been a sex I mean, horror it,
0: comedy, sexploitation exploitation. Yeah, like you were going to say yeah. it.
1: basically looked like a sex exploitation film, but then the adverts didn't do the sex exploitation. They were like, this is no. a straight up horror, and there's this terrible vampire that Megan Fox is, and, it, and it's neither of those things. Also, again, I know I was bang on about it cinematography wise there are some stunning shots in this film when Jennifer's swimming across the lake to wash herself after she's killed for the first time you, do you remember that shot like really super high up she's swimming across the lake I remember that shot yeah stunning anyway um, well yeah that's about yeah. all I've got to say on Jennifer's Good. body and for those who have got Disney Plus it's on the stars star play or whatever it's called on there so yeah
0: it's what? out of print. Out of print on DVD in the UK. Is it? At uh, DVD. DVD. I didn't realise it was 2004. Um, it's out of print. On, it's out of print. What is going on? It's out of print on Blu-ray oh. uh, in the UK. So you can only get it if you pay um extortionate amounts on eBay. Um, I, I, do you know what? I just thank you, Karen Kusama, because this film would have been an absolute disaster in the hands of anyone else i will also recommend from karen kusama the invitation which is a really good thriller and also as I, I talk about it quite a lot but it's so disgracefully underseen. Um, nicole kidman starring in the film destroyer it's un it's really really good like and it, again directed by karen kusama go and see it like it's so so good i'd be up um, for that because that's on I... now tv it's so the transformation from the from for nicole kidman it's so good. It had such a limited run in the cinema, probably because there was loads of Marvel stuff in there, so we couldn't get in. Anyway, that's me, <laughs> just about done. Right. So, as we were saying, oh, John, go on. You were going to say something. No, I was
1: about to say we've had a hundred minutes of us discussing our viewpoints on women in horror. Maybe we should actually hear from our lovely listeners who have some genuine insights. So, thank you.
0: And that, and that was that. Yeah, that's a really nice uh, little segue. So, um we did try hard to get uh to get to get sort of female insight and input on the on the show um have struggled a little bit just just because it's it's the month of halloween and so everyone's tied up doing stuff i didn't realize it was um the the british film festival um so yeah everyone's busy too busy to come on our award-winning podcast but anyway as as usual we we (laughs) what awards we've got lots of awards um we reached out we did reach out um and we've got some really good insight so we wanted to know sort of from a from a female perspective what how do you feel about horror like and i think i think i put some questions down along the lines of um how do you think women are portrayed in horror um what like and and so here here is some some insight so uh, first up we've got kim's cinema escape friend of the show um so i asked some questions and she says, I think women have always been prominent and important for horror. I think audiences are split about how older roles portray women, whether it's empowering or not. But the rise in female directors has helped massively. Female stories and embodying those in horror is changing the record. Also, less use of exploitation and gratuitous violence against women to sell films and more humanized and intelligent ways of depicting those things are coming into play. With all that in mind, I think I have also i've always been drawn to horror because it is one of the few genres outside the godforsaken chick flick where women are front and center whether represented well questionably or terribly so do you know what i thought reading that it links really back to
1: what we were saying about jennifer's body though which is they were trying to do all that stuff in terms of they had a female director and they were changing the the genre traits of not being exploitation of not well basically showing Megan Fox's boobs like they would have been yeah. in the 70s or 80s and the studio tries to get them to go the other way and 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 the screenings complain the other way and I think that shows part of the problem essentially because it's been wrong for a long time so it must be really hard to in cars market or, or get things to swing and change in the right direction right
0: Yeah no I agree and and there's been as Kim said like at the same time, the there's been a lot of representation of women in horror through men yeah um but then but she also said that there's a split there's a split on how like women are portrayed in the the older films and that leads me um to something i didn't share with you john um (laughs) sleaze.cheese wrote in and says bring back the shameless and gratuitous tna from the 80s TNA for those who don't know tits and ass from the eighties, um, and, and I believe Sleaze.cheese cheese is uh, is a female, so okay. it really is split like and 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 I I, I can't say anything really, um, it it's just a part of the genre. And um, what what Kim was saying though, like I, I fully agree. Like there's there is so much um, representation of women in horror, but just in completely different ways. And now we've got we've got the chance now. You we've got films like Raw. Um, which is which I'm going to recommend in a minute, um, which is a French film. Um, you've got stuff like Revenge, um, mm-hmm. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um, these are all like from different parts of the world as well. Can I
1: just say it as well, though, isn't the modern Halloween, not the current one, but the previous one, people liked it because it was trying to right the wrongs of the character from the original in the sense of it was giving growth and the fact that trying to acknowledge the
0: things... I haven't seen it, I haven't oh, seen it. I well, okay, so the original halloween like that that was sort of the one of the first times we've seen the final girl um yeah. jamie lee curtis is obviously known as yeah. um she and sort of like coined the phrase not she didn't coin it herself but she it was she is the screen queen um so we, we'd look at sort of the films that she did she did the halloween film she did a film called prom night which is pretty good um and she did she did another one which was on a train i think and i can't remember it off the top of my top of my head but yeah no what kim said like i i guess it's it's nice to sort of hear her point of view like because it that there is less use of exploitation and gratuitous gratuitous violence can't Do you know what word.
1: also um surprised me from what she said and i hadn't ever thought about it before kim was the fact you said that uh it's one of the only genres which uh, oh no losing my words one of the only genres which has that much representation of women and although you might not have always agreed with it at least they were front and centre that's really interesting because again I'll be honest as a man I don't really think about if it's got a female or male lead it's just it is what it is and that people say oh you're just saying that but honestly I I just don't really think about it I suppose we just take for granted the fact that 90% of stuff seems to be aimed at us do you know what I mean honestly if I've been truthful that's the case and then I don't know. I mean, right in front of me right now is a True Calling box set, which is another female-led thing like Buffy, and that's why I love that. That was Eliza Dushku who played Faith, who then did a series. don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah. Anyway, well, my, my, my point is, though, um, I suppose I hadn't really clocked when I was younger how few and far between those series are. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, when, you yeah. se- when you've when you said that, I'm thinking how many female-led action
0: action um sagas are there I, nothing and, like, nothing tomb raider I, one def- it's definitely horror so yeah like, you know like, it's definitely horror in chick flicks like that that is that that is like she's hit the nail on the head like yeah
1: 100 percent. i'm not disagreeing what i'm saying is no it's one no, of no. those things that until someone you know when you like your mind gets blown someone says oh you ever thought about the fact there's no
0: female oh well, that's why we asked that's yeah, why oh, we asked wow, because okay, yeah. we don't get it yeah yeah that, that's, that's exactly what asked.
1: happened on promising young woman this is why yeah this is why we need this yeah.
0: Okay. So um, and then Kate Reviews Films writes in um, and she says, I love classic scream queens, but I welcome the shift from the pure virgin characters of older slashes to a new breed of women in horror. Movies like The Descent, Jennifer's Body, Revenge, You're Next. Love it. Ready or Not, love that as well. By way of just a few examples, depict all kinds of women and that kind of representation is much better for the genre and for and for female fans. Before now, we've had a slim choice between the final girl virgin or the promiscuous blonde who dies first, often during sex, and that's not satisfactory. Films in general need to recognise the breadth of the female experience, and with so much new female talent, particularly in horror, I'm hopeful that those experiences can be reflected on the big screen. Finally, I should say, I think what's interesting is how we are now seeing the same old characters be reinvented like Jamie Lee in the new Halloween movies, in recognition of the failings of these characters when they were initially written perhaps that is the kind of separation and apart from the above i guess um, i forgot to big big up sydney, sydney prescott who whilst a classic version for satire reasons was and remains a badass female screen queen <laughs> sydney prescott man oh she like that for me still i say it again and again and again scream is the perfect slasher it's better than yeah. halloween it's better than it's better than any slasher i mean i just I've said yes seen. to that as if I've, I've seen all of them i just do you know really what you don't scream. need to see any of them no, because you've seen it. the best one like scream is the one um so there's a yeah, lot like, to take
1: in from that that's the uh, well first of all very eloquently put kate and thanks for sending in because again appreciate it but what I'd say uh, with that, um, I must have read your read a part of that response before I mentioned Halloween, because that must have been why I was thinking about the revision of um, is it Jamie oh, Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis's character yeah. and how she was represented. Um, yeah. Sorry, there's a lot to unpack. There, I'm trying to think what to stab at first. Oh, well, I'm so, getting okay, it up on so my I'll, phone jump too. I'm get, you go first. I'm I'll go jump in. So,
0: um, I think that. Um like so her character in halloween laurie she she is i guess um screen queen so that she she is a damsel in distress um she ends up like surviving and that's sort of the that's that's her like that that's her story um but then she coined like a lot of other stuff like we spoke about later on um better like more powerful female characters like ripley that that you've spoken about um but we have seen like stuff like you're next and ready or not ready or not samara weaving and um, you've not seen that john but i think you'd thoroughly enjoy it okay. it's a home invasion film but it's a horror comedy right okay. and it's brilliant um i also and I, I, will, I will also say this and i i'll take it to the grave um the babysitter as well which people don't like again samara weaving really good fun horror comedy um it's it's just getting way better it's getting way way better um gone are the days thank god that from from all those and they have their place i say thank god they have their place and i still sit down and watch them so what am i talking about i'm a walking contradiction i guess i appreciate where wh- where it came from i'm just happy that now we're here and we're getting way better yeah. um way better films and and it's way better films that's it we, we it was so it's so one-dimensional back then
1: can i say on my only one of my only look-ins with horror early on obviously and everyone knows is the alien franchise there wasn't a grand master plan for ripley to be a woman they wrote it as a character that they thought was going to be a man and then right at the last minute someone said why don't you cast it as a woman because no one would expect it so i think that alien used to get a lot of praise for the representation of ripley but i don't think alien particularly plays portrays ripley that great it's aliens in the sequel when they flesh her out she's presented well and that, again, is James Cameron. That's not me dissing Ridley Scott, but the script for Alien was just kind of, there was a last survivor. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I don't feel like there was a grand masterstroke if they were trying to make any message or story. they're getting a
0: lot of... He's getting a lot of flack at the moment, actually, for this new film, The Last Duel, because of how it's very much um the film is around ra- the rashomon like um akira kasawa film so it's basically a story told from three different, three different perspectives. perspectives yeah and we see um we basically see uh, jodie comer's character uh, get raped three times i've not seen right, the film but okay. and so they've they've come under a lot of fire i think it was written by um was it Matt damon and i'm really? sure Matt damon's in the film yeah um, oh, and okay. and i'm, and I'm sure you... it was written by him and Ben Affleck, I'm going to say. Oh, God. I think it's him God. and Ben Affleck. They they actually approached Ridley Scott. So, he yeah, they're in a bit of... I've not seen the film. Um, I won't go to the cinema to see it. I'll, I'll wait. But, um yeah, the, for, for, the again, that... We, we're we watching a woman be raped three times and there's no need... Okay,
1: but my my point was, well, more so, just the fact that, again, I don't think Ridley had much sway at this point. Like, he didn't. He'd only done The Duelist when he, when he was making Alien. But my point is, I don't feel like there was any masterstroke of Ripley becoming... Like, it was never planned for her to be a woman. It was a last-minute change. Yeah. So I don't think we should yeah. glorify Alien as, like, being groundbreaking for doing it because at the end of the day it wasn't because they were choosing to do it. Well, they did choose to do it but it was an afterthought. Is that fair? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah I feel fine, like yeah. people hold it yeah. up as a thing. It's more so decision in Aliens because everyone said, well, you just kill Ripley off and go with a load of men. And James Cameron's like, no, the story's about motherhood. It's about ripley getting newton and, and creating the family and right all that stuff um so cameron's the one i give the credit to for ripley becoming more of a fleshed out female character and i think a large part of that is because his producing partner was gail unheard who was his wife at the time and i think she drove a lot of that story through yeah. and again i don't think she gets credited enough anyway cool
0: right we we need to move on apologies like to to the last questions because um, we're running long and it's my edit again hey John why is why always me it's Um, literally not I've this little Mario Balotelli uh, reference for you I reckon why always me
1: three of the longest episodes have gone to me and Jamie makes out it's always his I would hands
0: down say that such lies I'm gonna get a spreadsheet of it up okay okay right friend of the show the Arab Khaleesi uh, Minwa writes in and she says I'm not a horror fan, but good representation of female characters always motivates me to check out a film. What horror film would you recommend to someone like me? Right. So, I have and and do you know what? Um Minwa and I have very 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 similar tastes. Her favorite director is Martin Scorsese. My favorite director is Martin Scorsese. She doesn't she obviously doesn't mind gore, violence, but maybe she's I, I noticed that she'd watched the conjuring didn't really like it okay right so i've got lots of recommendations here and these are the kinds of things i'd recommend they recommend recommended like john as well because he doesn't like horror so here goes right so we've got some female representation in here as well so a lot of these ones we've done on the show before and are going to do so you get to listen to the episodes with the sh- with them in so you can watch along if you like so um the lost boys i hope you've seen that I if have. you haven't, it's you have, John. It's an absolute dead set. I know I've recommended this to you a few times. Um, when you get around to it, fantastic! Fright Night, the nineteen eighties Fright Night, is one of my favorite horrors of all time. It's not really a horror, but it's more. It's it's fun. It's it's a comedy horror. It's the Lost Boys. It's as scary as that. They're not that. None of these films are really that scary. Um, and then we've got um, Carrie, uh, Brian De Palma, who actually we're going to be covering on next episode. Um, the Craft, guess what? We're covering Carrie and The Craft on next episode. Um, What's The Craft? Jennifer, How the scary craft, is it? The Craft isn't scary. Neither of these are scary. Oh, good. Carry on. We'll, we'll talk about this at the end. All good. Um, Jennifer's body. Obviously, you've heard about that now. Um, I did look on Letterboxd, and I seen you hadn't seen The Shining. The Shining, you must see. Meanwhile, you've got to see it. It's, 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 it's pretty scary, but it's incredible. I like that um, one. I, and, unless...
1: A- that's a horror I've seen without being into horror.
0: Good. Yeah, good. Those two little girls and those trikes always scare oh. me. Um, then we've got another Brian De Palma film, um, Body Double. Now, think Rear Window. And it's it's brilliant. Rear Window, it's fantastic. And then just an, an, a last little few. American Werewolf in London, brilliant. Heather's, so much fun. Eighties, brilliant. Raw, French film. Um, female director, um and it's basically about i don't want to tell you cuz I'll ruin it so just watch it just go in blind watch it and if you're looking for something from classic cinema cuz I also know you like classic cinema go for um, eyes without a face brilliant really really good haunting as hell um and there we go there we go right um we've got Kate reviews films right soon and she says Does John get to choose a themed month now you've put him through hell? And, John, what would it be? No Star Trek month. Oh, well, that's
1: that's that done, isn't it? I mean, how many listeners will we lose with that? I'm going to say a lot. Um, I think a lot, yeah. (laughs) To be honest, Kate, in Jamie's defence, there's been very few films... I've f- uh, until horror month. We were on a pretty good run of things that I had enjoyed. There were very few things I did not like. We watched that. I did r-
0: genuinely try my best for you.
1: Apart from that, what was that really miserable Channel Four one, which made me want to, in the middle of the afternoon, that was, Dead Man Shoes. Oh uh, yeah, that was miserable. Anyway, um, that aside, I would probably pick something like I'd probably go for a series, which is really dull, but I'd pick something like. A few different Bonds But I'd Because Jamie's Watched a few But not all of them So I'd speckle in Like here's a Roger Moore Here's a Dalton Here's a Connery I'd make him do One of every single Bond and- we Would do a Bond month Oh my god yes No no don't Like don't we tell me listen, we, yeah. we should have done that before No time to die uh, Yeah um, I don't know Kate. I don't know On on the whole though uh, It would end up being Something either Science fictiony Or Bondy Because I'm still a sucker For those kind of series so that's probably what it would be but the truth is Jamie likes a lot of the things I like. So to put him through what I that what he's put me through would be a very difficult ask because there's yeah. nothing like he's really like I t- yeah, not into. I'd say
0: that I'm a bit more broad than you aren't
1: A I? 100%. I mean to be fair what I would like to do and we would do more of but I'll be honest I don't think it it does as well so we haven't done it as much. We used to do films more so from from like older like Hitchcock's or or noirs from the forties and fifties, but the the truth to be told, like they didn't do as well, so we haven't covered them as much. But you know, that's the kind of stuff I mean, we enjoy yeah, it, together. But it makes yeah.
0: me sad because the thick the things that I want to do, we're trying to find a fine balance between what people want and what we want. Because at the end of the day, like we don't just do this for ourselves. Well, we literally don't do it for ourselves. I'm sitting watching films I've already seen before all the time. And yeah. that, that ain't I'm good. watching like, The Descendant for you guys. What more do you want? Never, the I've Descent. never heard of that film, The Descendant. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I've watched the
1: scariest horror film ever made. Apparently, for this podcast, for, and I hate horror. So there
0: you go. Yeah, like we, yeah, joking. we do it. We don't. We certainly don't do it. We do it for the people that listen, obviously. Like and yeah, and and that massive part of piece of self indulgence, that huge giant self-indulgent sandwich that we buy every single week um i yeah i don't i don't really have anything to say like I, what I would say john maybe we should do a dune spoiler cast
1: yeah do d- you know what that is something i'd be into and if people we should be doing this. blockbuster spoiler cast yeah, so maybe if if you are up for that guys please please message in and tell us but genuinely i do quite like the idea of doing spoiler casts of even older films if there's just something we really want to yeah. watch that's you know not like? really related
0: yeah here's what we should do right in and you know now by now like this this is the, the theme of the show is w- we pick a theme and then we, we we watch two films around that theme how about you guys choose the theme and then we'll choose the films how about that sounds good to me how about catch, how about that though how about catch me outside <laughs> catch me outside how about that huh? catch me outside how about that catch you outside what does that mean? What I just said. Right, anyway, um, I don't know why I've been saying that lows lately. Right, last question of the show. Do you know what? Patch has had three last questions of the show. Naughty Patch. Um, but before we go, um, Film Forager says just watched The Brood. I know you've seen it, Jamie. Can you talk about it briefly? I can talk about it briefly, Chandra. I know for a fact John hasn't seen it. Um, yeah. So, David Cronenberg's The Brood um freaky ass kids weird little oompa loompa not orange looking kids beating people with bats the brood that's what the brood is it's nuts like actually nuts like i love it wild film um shandra what i should say to you is you should go watch Lucio fulci's the beyond um and that'll blow your mind go and watch that um really good pairing with the brood i think right so last question of the show patch writes in and he says which movie was the most disappointing compared to your expectations and which was the most surprisingly enjoyable given your expectations so mine could be blade runner as it took me a fair few watches to get into it after it was always so highly regarded and lego movie obviously knew it would be shite kid stuff but it was legit funny
1: we've kind of had a quick breakdown of this before the pods so I think here's some we agreed that we both thought were letdowns that we'd over that go for we it. Had a high expectations for so the first one that came to my head was
0: ready player one with because yeah agree, agree. Being attached. I'd read the book I'd read the book okay okay fair enough and the book is the book if you've seen the film of ready player one oh my goodness the book is magical like the book is amazing I love it interesting the other one i got down for me and i know
1: you do disagree with this one was i read the girl on the train book and i didn't like the film but that's something we disagree on i know you like it but anyway haven't
0: read the book but love the
1: film mm, i think if you'd read the book maybe you wouldn't anyway like uh, with 90
0: percent of things yeah
1: yeah it's always, always the way um i would say in terms of letdowns i sarcastically said most star wars films since the original trilogy prequel or Disney sequel but no genuinely I remember the trailer for The Counselor I think I've mentioned it on the pod before Ridley Scott it's got Cameron Diaz it's got Brad Pitt it's got uh, Javier Bardem Michael Fassbender like a real stellar cast cast. what a cast Penelope Cruz and then I was so hyped for this film and it's the writer who did The Roads. I was like this is gonna be amazing oh the writer he did The Roads. yeah yeah yeah. and I was like this is gonna be so good uh, it's much of a much less I don't know if it's a film I need to revisit and be patient with and it's got more going for it but I remember it being very slow and not a lot happening but the trailer for it was one of the best it, one of those well was it the best trailer or not it was marketed to me as a completely different thing not as good
0: as a Rocky 4 trailer
1: <laughs> so anyway yeah in terms of films that were better than what I expected and, and um mm, not sure you carry on with your list okay first of let the me go other, right and then I'll so go. i've
0: got all mine i've got all mine right so i'm gonna i'm gonna start with most disappointing so we can end the show on a high right so most disappointing this list is wild by the way so you're gonna be sad right so the most disappointing we all know i hate under the skin so under the skin most disappointing um all, all i see is nine and ten out of tens and then i watch it and i'm like poof i give it a four out of ten and i never give films that low but i was so bored throughout i was absolutely bored to tears i should have re- rearranged my sock drawer and i've had way more fun um then do the right thing so spike lee i just don't really get on with spike lee's any of spike lee's stuff just personal opinion um just don't like it don't like his writing. Um, so then then okay so <laughs> these are all big films as well Inherent Vice Not seen. Paul Thomas Anderson you know him John uh, so Paul Thomas Anderson There Will Be Blood he's done There Will Be Blood he's done Phantom Thread Yeah. Uh, Punch Drunk Love one of my favourite films Inherent Vice oh man like if someone can tell me what the plot of that film is th- like thank you I welcome it because I, I've got no idea like I hated it had no idea what was going on. The dialogue, none of it made sense. Um, again, like sitting there getting nine, ten out of tens. Um, and then here we go. B and John Markovic. I like that film. That for me. Okay, is, okay, that's, okay. that's, that's, that's one, one of those college films. Just yeah, yeah all over it. Yeah, yeah. Um, weird, weird film. It is. Um, weird. I just, I just, and and I don't mind weird a lot of the time. I just found it really quite boring again like I, I, I don't like films that i'm bored sitting watching and then the last final one probably the and these are all films that are a product of like my own fault because someone pointed this out to me often i will get so disheartened at like because i'll be like so hyped to watch a film because I've, I've heard such good things i'm like oh yeah it's gonna be great and then when i don't like it, i'm like wow i really don't like it hereditary supposedly one of the greatest horror films of the last decade and I hate it I'm like I absolutely hate it like it's just again bored to tears I didn't realise I had to have a degree in um 19 like 1800s um cult history I didn't realise I had to have a degree in that to know what was going on hate it it's not for me surprisingly good Johnny tell me that tell me
1: surprisingly good meh I can't think of any that surprisingly good I, I'm,
0: I'm normally I don't know cool i've got a few go you go for a few i mean i need to think <laughs> right so this is a shocker live action Dora the explorer oh. <laughs> i went to the cinema to see it i remember you messaging me about that and i just remember thinking like what are you on it's great like uh, no it's great it's actually great it's better than um the, J- the jumanji remake door of the explorer re- the door explorer live action is really good i really enjoyed it so much fun um, then Upgrade. So I know oh, I that, that was all my time.
1: disappointment. Yeah, yeah, that was one of my disappointments. <laughs> o- overhyped film that um, did not
0: deliver. We're looking for a new co-host of the podcast, uh, Movies in a Podshell. Uh, right into Movies in at gmail.com. Uh, Right. Upgrade is someone said, oh, yeah, it's a pretty good sci-fi. I watched Upgrade and oh, mummy, daddy. One of the greatest sci-fis of the last decade. Bold. Easy. but No, it is very good easy three million pound budget what uh then the nightingale um, from jennifer kent so we can talk about that that, that is a it's, i mean it's not a horror it's just a it's a nasty film but the nightingale by jennifer kent blew my mind um and i've never cringed and squirmed so much in my entire life uh last couple uh, lost in translation sofia coppola amazing film bill murray uh scarlett johansson really really loved it watched it um and again really shocked me just how just how good it was i was expecting it to be all right um and then finally um from 1950 nicholas ray uh in a lonely place i don't often expect films around that era to hit me quite as hard just because of like well the time i've grew up in but it's it's in my top 10 of all time it's incredible um it's got Humphrey Bogart. Um, it's it's honestly amazing, and one day we'll do it. We'll do a classic episode, and we'll we'll do something like that. Like I said, you you'll enjoy it as well, John. Nice, sounds good to me. So nothing that's surprisingly good to John. I don't know. I just I I normally just I don't have never been pleasantly surprised. Have you never put something on and been pleasantly surprised? Uh.
1: Oh, I'm all about those solid six out of ten films, which everyone always usually says are bad, and I just kind of say there's there's a room for a good six there, out of ten. There's a
0: place for six out of
1: ten, and uh, not Equalizer. What was the other one we watched? Book of Eli for me was one of those. I I like Book of Eli. That was a film that six I had out of no ten. For. No, but yeah. but it always sounds bad when we say that. But no, I think there's a solid room for the six out of ten. Yeah, I, I think everyone's scale's different, isn't it? Yeah, I I agree. Um, honestly, I really struggle with this because my expectation when i go into things usually isn't overly hyped it's probably easily it's no that's not true it's probably easier for me to be disheartened than it is to be elevated back the other way right so Agree. I, i'm struggling to say so sorry patch boring
0: answer but there you that's go that's fine that's fine well then well then that i think that was episode 24 but i don't really know so guess what next episode is going to be episode 25 whether you like it or not whether it's episode 26 or whether it's episode 24 it's going to be episode 25 decode that whatever way you will but you're not going to stop it from happening episode 25 is going to be our outcast episode it's a last halloween episode of the month it's about outcasts. We're picking Brian De Palma's carry. We are picking the craft and we're going to have such fun time. Guys, as always, please, please write in your questions um, at uh, in a pod shell at gmail.com. Always struggle with that. Um, and go on your little Apple device, open up uh, Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars. We only accept five stars if you're going to give us any less we just just don't bother just don't ever rate us ever um as always i have been at movies in a nutshell on instagram so you can find me there dm me um, ask us questions whatever and johnny has been at jcb.video gangster isn't he he's turning into a gangster (laughs) right see yous later bye (laughs)